0: From downtown, this is Tim Kitzer from NBHM, and you're listening to Nintendo Main podcast. Boom shakalaka!
1: This week in Nintendo Main, it is our annual Game of the
2: Year episode.
0: <sighs> Woo! Sitting over here watching 2021 Go the Way of the Buffalo.
2: I'm a monster hunter now. <laughs>
1: screw you 2021 uh time for 2022 which
0: 2020 part two
1: it's already like <laughs> yeah right it's already worse than 2020 it's scary out there right now i don't know side note but i feel like every time i get on facebook or twitter another person that i know has COVID. it's fucking terrifying same like people that i know like people that i've met like not just like people that i follow
0: four of my coworkers yeah. have gotten it
1: it's pretty ridiculous we've tried we've been trying to be overly cautious for christmas we all took tests which are gone everywhere now by the way because i was going to try to do that again and you can't find them anywhere so we were able to we had a couple that i sent to my mom to do because she couldn't find any but we're half this but it's like i was going to meet up with my sister and she can't find tests so we're just not going to see each other because it's too risky you know so it sucks but we are your hosts (laughs) Welcome to Nintendo main podcast, your home for Nintendo fans. Talk about their favorite Nintendo games, their favorite games on Nintendo Switch for the year. Top 10, baby. We are your hosts. I'm Trey 3DS never dies Johnson.
0: I'm Jeremy Spireslayer Mikowski.
2: I'm what remains of John (laughs) Nitter. I
1: hope that's enough to talk about stuff. So this is our, you know, annual top 10 best games, best favorite games of the year for 2021. So that will be 51. our 2021, yeah. So so that will be our main uh topic obviously and then I'll take up most of the show. But why don't we start off you know, you know we still have some stuff to talk about that aren't on our list. I mean there was like Christmas and shit happened since we were last there last year or so and John's back. He was he missed out on our uh whatever our last podcast our last episode was, but uh you are here you're here again. I'm back, I'm here. Yep. But how was everybody's Christmases? Christmases however you however you uh I don't know pluralize that
2: pretty good we did ours over four days actually because um just because of the different family arrangements you know my sister lives on the other side of the state and you know all that stuff so it ended up being a four-day christmas-a-thon for us it's kind of nice because it's the better way to do it honestly than trying to cram everything into one day and see everybody in one day that's a lot of days i don't know yeah. I like, I like the one day thing. So then
1: it can just be one day and then we can be done and then we don't do anymore. Like that's, I'm more, I'm more into that. I don't, I don't like to prolong it. I don't like to prolong the, this, the social stuff any longer than I have to. But no, we went to Jess and I, we, we went to her grandma's house. Uh, we get, everybody had COVID tests before we got there. So it was all, it was all safe. But then we found out later that somebody who was there had a coworker that, that had COVID that like just found out after it. And I was like, Oh shit. But we haven't. I don't know, we haven't have any we haven't had any symptoms, but I don't think you do if you have if you've been vaccinated and all that. I don't know. So it's it's creepy out there. It seems to be really moving around.
0: It really is. Um I got tested three times last week because of just different things like I was going to see my family and we we're also seeing Shauna's family whose brother is immunocompromised, so we wanted to make sure we were, you know, good to go. And uh so we took a rapid test for the first time, the saliva test. That was interesting that one you get results back within like a couple of hours then we also then I found out the next day that one of my coworkers had come down with it so I went and got a home test and took that that came back negative but then just to be safe I went and got the nasal swab test too and uh, that came back negative as well so I just I got I was really really careful about it and so far so good no symptoms
1: yeah um, yeah, we we, t- we have we have the rapid test where you where you just uh, swab your nose and it and then you wait 15 minutes and it'll tell you. It's it's kind of like a pregnancy test actually. Yeah, that's, I, a, I had one like that. It's a little thing where you you put the Q tip in there and then there's like two bars and one of the bars will disappear and if the bar doesn't disappear, that means you have it. It's like the same sort of thing. That's what we did and that's what we're gonna do again. So I'm glad nobody has gotten it yet in the in the close knit group here. But but I've heard of a lot of people. A lot of other people are getting it. Like I said, like lots of friends are like shit so it seems to be spreading much more than it did when it started so yikes anybody get any cool uh, video game presents definitely
0: yeah i got a yeah. uh, i got some cool stuff
1: the uh, I, I just got a i just got a present today actually from uh, from one of the hosts here from uh, jeremy sent me a present in the mail for some What'd re- you get? for some reason slack doesn't accept my photos anymore so i can't send pictures to any of you but That's i got shit. but i got this guy right here i got Super Mario 3D World with Bowser's Fury. That's great. You finally get to play
0: Bowser's Fury. I
1: finally get to play Bowser's Fury, which I really wanted to play it today, but I'm not playing anything until I finish my (laughs) top ten games of 2021 video.
0: So that's okay. You wouldn't want that poisoning your mind because you'd start to feel like it would be on your list if you played it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's too soon, man. Like I I can't. I got to cut it off at a point. Really, I I don't. I don't feel like it's fair for me to throw stuff in there that just that I just start playing like the week of the show. You know, it has to be really, really good to to be, to be like thrown in last minute like that. It's how I feel. But I, but I can finally play this and I am very excited to play it. So thank you so much for getting it. And we can play online also now with the Mario 3D worlds. So that's pretty rad. And I also got this, I got this little guy. I was trying to send a picture of him to you also. I got this little dry bones toy from Jesse, oh, nice. from Jesse's grandma. Aww. It's like a little world of Nintendo toy. So he's cool. I like dry bones. I was happy to see, to see dry bones from the. Little these little tiny Nintendo toys. There's a black. I guess they had a black uh, shy guy also, which I would get if I could if I could find it in the future. Whenever I go out to stores again, which probably won't be soon. But that was cool. And I got you know I got a I got eShop cards and stuff like that, of course. But nothing like too video gamey aside from that.
0: I got a, a gift card to Disc Replay. It out.
1: Oh, that place? Yeah, you never go there. i don't know why -hmm. why anybody would get that for you but you haven't gone yet and you haven't you haven't used it yet i have not okay
2: i got a couple of gifts so i got this red duck hunt t-shirt the old black box game there there it is t-shirt and i got for my parents they actually gave me the same coasters that i gave you guys oh there you go (laughs) so now we all have them i got the book uh ready player two sequel to ready player one i was wondering why you
1: hadn't got that yet you were so you were so hot on ready player one
2: it was just a matter of it was a matter of having the time to read it. And then also I keep reading list. So I have sort of an order of books and what I want to read next. Sure. And so this was uh, coming up on the queue. So I decided to ask for it. There you go. So I'll have it when it's ready. And then the last thing I got for my sister, we all uh, between my sisters and I, we all decided to do uh, ornament exchanges. We started that last year, because we never got anything for each other before for the last couple of years. But um, this year, from my twin sister, I got the ornament of the NES controller from Hallmark.
1: Oh, wow. I've never this seen is really that. This a really nice
2: one. Yeah, it's cool. That's just a little replica of an NES controller. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's it as far as my video game-related gifts. Well, I mean, there's another one. Well, I got the... There's another one that you I got, got. So, I got, <laughs> from, from you guys, I got the, the t-shirt. I was thinking of just my family. But I got the t-shirt from Trey of Hitman uh it's awesome sort of i don't know what you'd call the st- style like an art deco sort of i Hit can't man. I can't really see it Can potatoes
1: like, this just, just like stand up a little bit for a second i can't i can't see it there cool it is photos
2: and then uh it's like a nice red t-shirt like a deep blood red t-shirt with the barcode on the background it's really cool looking and then jeremy got me monster hunter eyes there you so go that's my name so now uh i'm a monster hunter now i sent you a paragraph on uh some some starter
1: tips for monster hunter because it's not, it's not easy to get into, but it's totally worth it once you do. It's, uh, it's a wonderful game. I think it's not a, maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but I do think it's one of the best games that came out in 2021 for the Nintendo Switch. So yeah, it's it's uh, they're going to throw you a whole bunch of shit at the beginning that you should just, just don't read it, just don't even bother with it, <laughs> and, and then just kind of figure try to figure it out after that. Because they throw you like all these paragraphs of tutorial stuff that doesn't make any sense at the time. And I feel like it doesn't really do, it, it does like a terrible job of trying to like explain the game to you. Like the best way to do it, I mean, I pretty much learned it from watching YouTube videos. But I think most importantly, you should go, go to where the practice area is because you have access to all of the weapons there and you don't have to buy any of them. And you can just try out the different weapons. There's like a big, like a uh, robot-y looking boss thing that you can fight that like won't fight back, but it'll tell you like how much the damage is of everything. And I, I always, that's the best thing to do is just go there and just kind of fuck around with the different weapons. I know the swords are like the easier one. I think the katana is like one of the easiest ones to use if you want to use that. Probably one of the more powerful ones. I know like this, what the, the short sword and shield is probably quicker, like if you're looking for stuff like that. Um, I use I use the guns or I use like the more machine gun type stuff because it's then I can just kind of play it like a shooter, which like had a big effect on me getting into it. But, you know, there's all these different theories on which, you know, people love different different ones and all that stuff but i say the swords are pretty pretty simple to get into at first if you want
2: i was anxious to jump in and give it a try before the show so i I fired it up about an hour ago or so but then same thing happened as with happens with every game with me with that has a a in-depth character creator i ended up spending like an hour and a half on the character creator so wow just making sure i got everything right and then Mm -hmm. you you have to create not only yourself but you create your palamute and the what was the cat one called Oh, calico, the, uh, pal- palico. palico, palico. It's like your yep. friend, the palico. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I ended up spending like an hour and a half just making sure everything was just right on on all those. I and mean, then but, uh, now we're recording. So but, but <laughs> that's my experience with it with it so far.
1: I mean, you'll change. I mean, you can change your look as you go, like right it no, Can't or I guess like your face and stuff. But you'll but you'll be constantly changing uh, equipment, so you'll look you'll look different. Yeah. That's the idea of the game: is you're constantly. You're you're grinding through monsters to get specific items to create specific uh, like, uh, you know, equipment and all that stuff. So you'll always be wearing something different, like for the most like you'll sometimes
0: your face will be covered up even and by your masks and stuff.
1: And you can even buy masks that you can just wear for the fun of it. Like I was wearing a big giant, like glowing skull last time I was playing, which didn't actually do anything. It was just uh, I was just wearing it because you can do that as well. You can change your outer appearance, but not actually change your equipment as well, if you want to do that. And there's like, you know, there's different like armor sets that are different things. Cause they've already done like the crossover with like Sonic and, and like street fighter and like all this other stuff where you can get like the, the Akama like armor and uh, and you can make your, your dog look like Sonic and shit like that. So there's a bunch of extra stuff in there that you can do. But I think, uh I think now that it's a, uh, now it's required for Jeremy and I to teach you how to play monster Hunter since, uh, since, you, since you've been brought into the monster hunter world. Now you need to learn well, all all the ways there's
0: new stuff coming out for it soon so i kind of need to get back into it anyway kind of like get back into the feel of it if i'm going to be serious about the dlc yeah
1: i've been watching well i've been watching all of my captures from the year because i've been like you know chronic chronicling chronicling all of them and like capturing them into put into my video that i that i'm going to make a accompanying video for this episode where it shows like all the footage of the games that i'll talk about and all that stuff and watching like all of the old monster hunter stuff it's like it's kind of like animal crossing where you like look and your character looks so different you're like oh man like i thought that armor was cool but it was so not cool or like it's a, or like the first time you beat magnamalo and you thought that was such a big deal and then you have to fight like narwa later and mm-hmm. it's way more way it's way more insane than that one or or when you get to the monsters after that that you can't even beat cuz they're way too hard you know like it's
0: it's Isn't there one like, where you have to kill two Magnamolos in one area?
1: There, I mean, there's a couple of them where you have to where you have to fight like multiple monsters. We we mm-hmm. have to we have to do like three or we have to do like three at the same time and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But 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 looking at the video, I did I do miss playing the game, and I'm, I'm gonna whenever I'm done editing this video, I want to get back into it. Like just looking at all the games that were on my list, I was like, man, I want to play these games. Like I want to go back and play these games because some of them I never beat. And it just makes me want want to play them more and more.
0: It's a truly them. great uh, multiplayer experience too. Like everything about it, they did a really good job with streamlining it.
1: That's really what a lot of it is. Is yeah, the multiplayer is great,
0: and that's why I thought you might enjoy it, John. I know we've talked about it a lot. And you've had your ear talked off about it, but I think if you jumped into the multiplayer, you you would probably like it once you got the feel of it.
2: Can see that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to giving it giving it a real try.
1: It's good to do the uh, village missions, just kind of get to try mm-hmm. to get the hang of how to play the game. And once you beat like Magnamalo and you start like, I forget where, but there's like a point where you, where basically everything that you got up to a point really doesn't mean any- anything anymore. And you have to get like new, better stuff because things will get way better or way stronger after that. Like there's different, you know, there's different levels. Like you get to a point and then you'll go to a different thing. Where you have to get specific armor for that, and then there's like another class and depending on how hard you can you play. But yeah, you get to a point where there is no like real single player content anymore. It has to be all played online with other people. So Mm -hmm. so it kind of like you like have to do that if you want to keep unlocking stronger stuff, you have to play with the team. So
0: but to get used to it, you could totally like Trey was said, there's there's a training mode you can do. You can also just jump into the single player and sequentially go through the missions, and that'll teach you pretty good. Like, and then once you'll get to a point in some of those missions where it's really hard, that's when you like, oh, well, maybe I should try multiplayer. And then, depending on who you get matched with, you'll usually
1: win. You can try to bring people in to help you and stuff like that, and a lot of people t- and a lot of times they will. Like, you can, like, you can pick, you can pick a specific mission and be like okay, I want people to join you. And you'll just kind of leave it open and people will, like join as you're playing. Or you can make it random where you'll just like randomly join with somebody else. But the internet work, I mean, the I think the internet works pretty great on it. So it was, mm-hmm. I found, and I felt like it was easy to get friends in there and you can make lobbies and stuff. And I even had, I even had people playing with me that I didn't know on, on streams like that would just come and play whenever I was on there. So it's a, a lot of people still love that game. So, and yeah, and there's a lot of stuff coming up. With uh, sunbreak as well, like in, in the summer coming out and and I've and you know, I d I don't play the games as extensively as John does, and I still put a hundred hours into this game. So I mean it was That's it, awesome. it was enough for me to I mean I was I was playing it nothing but Monster Hunter, like for weeks there. Like it was really it really took over every all of my game time. I was just nothing but Monster Hunter, so I was really hooked on it for a while. Just cause it's a lot of fun. Like once you figure out how to play it, it's really cool until I started getting killed a lot. And then I stopped playing cause I wasn't good enough. I don't know. I felt like I couldn't get a good enough group and I was just getting killed and I'm like, uh. but I do want to go back and try to beat those harder monsters. They just, I have captures of it. There's some of them they just like hit you once and you're dead. You're just dead. You're out, man. You just, you, you can't just like get hit and try to go away from it. You just got to not get hit at all. You know, it's pretty, yeah. You gotta be pretty fucking good. You know, and a lot of times they'll do where they like daze you with one thing, and then they'll hit you the the other one, and then you're just out, and that's it. Yeah, so it's you got to dodge everything. It's like kind of Metroid Dread ish, I guess. You know, where we we have to you have to dodge and parry and all that shit. But yeah, I hope I hope you enjoy it because it's a like I said, it's an excellent game.
0: It's probably the best looking game on Switch, or at least the best 3D game, I would say. Really, as far as like approximating more of a next gen look. I would
1: say that. Yeah. I mean, the environments look really, really good. Like I I thought I wasn't really impressed by the way the environments look. And it's also like the fastest monster hunter because you've never been able to like ride on your dog around, around places. And that really helps like having the dog. It's it's almost like everything's like
0: one continuous area. each like level is one continuous.
1: Yeah. It's all connected. And there's, there's really no loading within the, within the village, which I thought was really cool. Like there's loading at the beginning of every like monster hunt. But after that, everything is connected and there's no loading beyond that until you actually finish the mission. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, Yeah. I think it looks great. I think the monsters look great. Like it's, uh, it's done really well. And it was the game that fixed the Nintendo internet, right? Supposedly. That's what they said. That that was the reason that they changed their internet. Finally was to make monster hunter rise work. So thank you monster Hunter rise. Yeah. So (laughs) it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, if you can, if you have the patience to just try to figure out the game, it's a lot of fun. And it's, uh, it's not an RPG, so you don't have to worry about that. It's 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 more it, it's like I said, it's a lot more like uh there you go. It, it's 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 a it's a lot more like um uh Breath of the Wild through like collecting stuff. What yeah. was
0: Breath, oh. or Breath of the Wild's like that. So I was showing another thing I got for Christmas, not to change the subject too rapidly, but uh uh-huh. I got a Mario Kart calendar for my brother Will, which I think is pretty cool.
2: Nice. That's cool. Original so, Super uh, Nintendo Mario Kart. It's a Super Nintendo yeah. one, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's got some cool art in there. I don't have it in here because I, I think I accidentally left it in my car. But my brother Jordan got me a couple of uh, like lenticular video game art pieces—a a Zelda one and a Mario one. They're pretty cool. Hey. Uh, like the Zelda one's like Link with the bow, like from Breath of the Wild, and he's he's like firing it at the at you, and then it's in three D, so it looks pretty cool. And then my the other one is like um, it's just all the characters from Mario, like in a big like group shot kind of thing. Mm. So it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think I mentioned the disc replay. I'm going to go there and maybe throw in some other money that I was given and get something nice this week sometime.
1: So you got you got stuff that you're probably looking at over there, or that you've been thinking about getting, like a um, Eternal Darkness for a hundred dollars. So you're thinking about getting? I already have, I already have that. I yeah, need to buy it. one of those uh, hundred dollars. Uh, I'm Game still Cube thinking games.
0: about grabbing a Dreamcast. I have maybe. one. I missed it. when it was forty. <laughs> Another 80 but i also thought about grabbing a uh an atari 2600 i think they have one there
1: i forgot i mean i forgot to give it to you but i have two dreamcasts here Uh so i mean yeah you can have one i don't know if i have all the cords though that's the thing i don't i might not i'm sure i might not have cords for the second one but i do have two dreamcasts
0: the cords are easy to get a hold of aftermarket
1: yeah so i don't know if you're uh i don't know how expensive they're they're selling them for there or whatnot i got a. it's it's not video game related but it kind of is uh i just got a speaking of wall calendars i'm glad i'm glad that you're still rocking the wall can- calendars i saw i saw some stuff on the internet that's like nobody has wall calendars anymore and i'm like what are you talking about i've been having i'd still have wall calendars i'm never getting rid of them ever i don't care if you say it's not cool anymore internet
0: i mean I if you're a being shit. a supreme court justice at some point you need to have them
1: I just like to have it on the wall so I can look at it. And I also put my jobs and stuff on there, and it helps me keep track of things. You know, I don't have to just do the calendar on my phone. I could just be like, hey, what day, what day is it? What day is this? Or like when I'm on the phone, somebody's like, we're working this day. I'm like, okay, which day is that? I can't look at my phone because I'm already on the phone. I get to look at the wall calendar. But I, I got a I got a Totoro wall calendar from Japan. It just got here yesterday. So I thought it wasn't supposed to come till the end of January because it was from Japan. But it got here, so. It's pretty cool. It's all in Japanese, but I mean, you know, dates are the same mm-hmm. in Japan and America. So I can, it doesn't have like names of the holidays. It just has numbers. Well, I think it has the names. Well, I think it has the names of the months like in J- in Japanese on there, but it's cool because it's a, it's official, official Totoro wall calendar and all that stuff. So I'm excited to play around with that. And uh, like I said, I got, you know, I got eShop cards. So I bought some stuff on the Switch because there's a lot of stuff that's on sale right now. Um, but as i said for my nickname uh 3ds never dies uh, i bought some 3ds games because i had a bunch of stuff on sale on 3ds so some like uh some big some big sales for that so i went and um i got i got some games uh i got Shimigami tensei 4 apocalypse for 899 which uh was which is like the sequel to Shimigami tensei 4 it's like in the same world but a different character and i've heard a lot of great things about that game it was only nine dollars so i'm like i might as well get it now because for you know we never know, it just feels like the ticking clock. Like I feel like out of nowhere they're going to say that you can't buy games for 3ds anymore. So I might as well buy the ones that I want to play now at a discount instead of having to buy them for like forty dollars or whatever as they normally would be if they weren't discounted. So I was like, I'm just going to buy the games that I want to play, you know. So I bought so I bought Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, and I also bought Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which is supposedly the best Monster Hunter on 3ds. I already have Generations. But I never played Ultimate, before Ultimate. So I bought that. That was also $8.99. And these are all, like, normally $40 games. So I'm like, this is great. And I also bought uh, Super Monkey Ball 3D for $7.99. Which I never played the Super Monkey Ball game on 3DS. So I've been playing that game. That's the one that I played. Because, you know, the other ones take a while to start. So I didn't do those yet. But I'm like, I can just jump right into Super Monkey Ball 3D and just start playing that. And yeah, it feels like, you know, it feels like a Banana Blitz without the jump. And in 3D on your 3DS. So it feels very familiar. Like that same, like, that newer Super Monkey Ball style that's kind of more car- cartoony compared to, like, the GameCube <laughs> style. But it looks great. It looks really cool with the 3D, too. If you turn the 3D on, it looks neat. Like, I think all the little mazes and stuff look cool. And I've just been playing around with that. I beat, like, the first three level sets on there. And I've just been rolling around with my little little Monkey Ball on there. I never played the 3D one. I played, I played the touch one on the on the ds which wasn't very good but this one's much better i think and there's a there's a racing game in there where you use cars instead of balls which i thought was kind of funny because the because the regular super monkey ball you're in a ball on the race but this one you got little mario karts and also they have a uh monkey fighting game which looks exactly like smash brothers like there's a monkey fighting game smash brothers game and on this as well you know where you're on like the flat 2d plane and you got to knock each other Mm -hmm. off the arena so they have their own like monkey ball smash brothers in there so i was like cool you know eight dollars also you know marked down for 40 bucks like hell yeah and and i you know this is another this is a monkey ball game that i ever played and i like those games and i was like i want to play this game so i ended up spending like around like 30 dollars for those 3ds games i almost got super hang on also the 3d because like all the sega 3d stuff is really cheap too you can buy like Outrun and uh, and Sonic and Streets of Rage and stuff like that for like three oh, dollars on there, like the 3D versions, like the 3DS ones that have like where all the backgrounds are all are all cool and all that stuff, which is which is pretty neat. And I also bought a, I bought Jackpack's Party Pack Eight. I bought it to play at my mom's house for New Year's Eve because I thought that the the other family members were going to be there, but it's not going to happen now. So because it'll just be Jess and I playing it. But
0: I'll play online with you.
1: I got I got Jackbox Party Pack Eight because it was on sale for twenty dollars. It's normally thirty. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to wish that I had it whenever we're like in a party situation or something. So I played it with John Wedgworth a little bit online, which before I forget, uh, listen to the latest Nerd Noise Radio because I'm on that with uh, John Wedgworth. We did a joint episode of uh, Listener Picks. It's like a three and a half hour episode and I think it came out pretty good. So I was listening to it the other day. But yeah, we could definitely play Jackbox Party Pack online altogether, of course. So I haven't, I haven't played it yet. I just bought it, you know, to have it and, and the um, have it in the future. But the other game that I bought, because I got $30, I got a $30 eShop card as well from Jess's grandma. And uh, I ended up getting the Guardians of the Galaxy game for Switch, which I know I said I said oh, wow. talk shit about that game before. And I still think that the guy who's doing the voice of Peter Quill sucks and he's not very good at doing the voice. And I still think it's weird that it takes place in the 80s instead of the 70s. Maybe that's how the comic is. I don't really know the comic that well versus the movie, but but it's but it's cool and it plays really well on the Switch. Like I, I there's a demo. I ended up playing the demo on Switch and that's why I bought it after that cuz I thought it actually ran really well and I thought it looked pretty good for what it was. Like it actually kind of looks like a next generation game. You know, it's on it's on a cloud, you know, you play through the cloud, mm-hmm. so so it runs like that and that's always kind of weird because you don't want to like leave it paused for too long because you get kicked off. Like John knows about all this stuff from the 300 right. hours that you put into Hitman, so this is like old hat to you, I'm sure, but but for me it's like you got to be careful like if you want to like if you need to like pause and go like make something to eat or something you need to like make sure you save because if you go away for too long it'll kick you out of the game like if you're if you're idle for too long it'll kick you out so you have to like restart and all that stuff.
2: It'll auto save too though, won't it?
1: Yeah, it, it auto saves as well. So I mean I haven't really I, I haven't lost anything on it but I'm just still kind of adamant about saving whenever. But every time I go to save it's already auto saved so yeah, uh, part of the reason that I wanted to get it is uh, I wanted to play a game that's kind of more straightforward and less, you know, more action and less RPG. I'm like, I got too many RPG games. I don't need any more of those. And this one is just like very much a straightforward single player action game, and it's fun. And I think I think the writing's really really good. Like I've laughed out loud many times while I was playing it because just because the way the way the characters interact with each other, they're they're funny. Like they say they say fun stuff back and forth. Especially Drax because Drax always has like those literal you know literal statements and all that stuff that are funny. And yeah, it was marked down. It was marked down, and I ended up paying like five dollars or something like that for it, like with my gold points and with the uh, eShop cards. So it was worth it. Worth it for me. And I played it. I played it for like five or six hours, and it's it's fun. And it's got a great soundtrack. You know, like you. There was a part where I was flying the Milano like through through an asteroid field, listening to uh, "I Ran." You know, the Flock of Seagulls Eagles song. Like there's a whole lot of uh, 80s stuff on there, and uh, yeah, and you get to and you get to play some parts where you're like young, you know, where you're young uh, Peter Quill, like walking around the house, listening to 80s metal and stuff like that. It's cool. It's cool to play like a next generation game on the Switch, I guess. And it, and it got a lot of reward awards, so I was like, you know what, fuck it, I should try it. So I ended up trying it, and I'm not and I'm not totally annoyed by the by the bad Peter Quill voice yet, just because everybody else is pretty funny but I do still think he does not, he doesn't sound right at all. Like he sounds like it's, I don't know what he was trying for, but it sounds like, I was like, who did who is this guy? Like, who did they hire for this to do this voice? He just doesn't sound right. It sounds really generic. Like he doesn't really have a, didn't really have a plan. I don't know, but I recommend that anybody play the demo. It's uh, if you can, it kind of gives you an idea of how the game works. And it's cool because you can like interact with the, um, like the guys will talk back and forth to each other and you can like decide which way you want to like, make the conversation go. So you can change, you can, so like they'll start saying one, one party member will start talking badly about another one. You can like be on the side of the one that's making fun of the other one, or you can defend the one that's getting made fun of. You can do stuff like that. And it kind of works a little bit like the telltale games where like you, there, there was one part where, uh where there was like a pit that we had to cross. And Drax is like, he's like, I'm going to pick up rocket and throw him across the, (laughs) throw him across the pit. And I told him to do it. And now Rocket's like never forgiven me for that, and the game keeps reminding me that Rocket is still mad at me about uh, letting Drax throw throw him across the pit.
0: Was it like a or a telltale game where it's like Rocket will remember that?
1: Kind of. Well, it's, a, it's <laughs> it in the corner. It's like Rocket is is not happy with you for for letting Drax throw him across the pit. But then later in the game, it'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, Rocket is still mad at you about uh about him getting thrown across the pit. There, and I'm like. Like, that's funny. Because he'll mention it, you know, like, when we find another, like, thing we can't cross. he would be like, don't fucking throw me again. So, and it's funny because they, because they say, like, fucking, but they've changed it. So they say flarking instead of fucking, but it's still like, don't flarking throw me. And and I, a couple of times I thought they said fucking, because I didn't realize that they changed it into a made-up cuss word called flarking. And they have another, they have another word for shit, too, that they use. But if you, yeah, it's it's the same as, like, the little asterisks and stuff in comics. Like, you know, you know what they're saying, but... I think or, it, um, yeah.
0: What's the, uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Galactica. Battleship Galactica. Ba- Battlestar Galactica? No. Battlestar Galactica, there we go. Where they say fracking.
1: Oh, did they say so that? The I think, I mean, didn't Duke Nukem say that too? <laughs> like, I could say, well, they had like the frack, frack grenades and stuff. Or is there, no, there was They just fragging, make, they just make it out
0: like it's part of that, uh, whatever, it's just part of the vernacular in that that whole series.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much the same third thing they're doing with this game too. And you can scan stuff like Metroid, so it's kind of like Metroid Prime. Not really though, because it, it's it's all like you just go one way, like you don't have to go back through stuff. But but you can walk through the Milano and you can see everybody's rooms and stuff like that, and that's pretty that's pretty cool. And you can collect, you know, you collect things that'll that'll show up in there later. Collect little gifts for people and such, that type of thing. But if you like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it's I think it's worth checking out. There's some. Pretty you just cool- keep making me
0: think of those cookies every time you see Milano. Like, kind of want one of those cookies.
1: Are there Milano cookies? Mm, they're really good. Oh well, yeah. You know, you know, it's a spaceship named Milano after Alyssa Milano, the the actor.
0: Oh, she just, was named after the Pepperch Farm treat.
1: Was she? <laughs> I mean, it's her last <laughs> name, dude. Like her whole family was named after that. I hope so. Yeah. So I got I got those games. I think aside from that, it's just the Saints Row stuff, which you've been doing as well, Jeremy. I have. I finally got to, I finally started playing it because I I was listening to what you were saying on the podcast last week while I was editing it. And I was like, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me how you said you had like 300, how you had like 300 of those data drops and you weren't able to mm-hmm. use any of them. Did you finally get to the point where you can use them? Cause I, I never got to that point where I couldn't use them.
0: I'm playing on, easy mode i realized so i'm
1: like, oh, okay that's why you've never died because i was gonna say i'm, I'm playing I'm
0: on baby mode i have died
1: okay because i'm like it, i've died.
0: started to get hard enough
1: i've died like seven times and i'm like i'm like what do i'm like what are you doing like how are you fighting these guys because i kept getting killed by those bosses there's these bosses that have like a shield over mm-hmm. them and you have to fray, freeze them and break their shield and try to shoot them and then eventually you like you matrix into them like you go inside mm-hmm. them and they explode and all that stuff and
0: I fought a bunch of those.
1: Those guys killed me a bunch of times. And I got, you know, I, I would run out of ammo and not be able to, like, reload quick enough. And I just, I got killed a bunch of times in the game. But it's stupid fun. Like, I love just, like, running around and jumping on stuff. It really reminds me of the old, uh, they had an Incredible Hulk open world game on, on GameCube called, uh, the, Incredi- the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, which is awesome. Like, that game was so much fun. I have it. And the same company ended up making a product, prototype one and two on PS3 and 360. And they kind of played a lot like that same game. Prototype was basically like you as you're like as a Venom type character that kind of has mm-hmm. like a symbiote, and you can like eat people for like energy and stuff like that, like Venom would. So it's a so the, the way this game plays really reminds me of that, especially like jump it once you get the ability to run up walls, like one up run up the side of buildings. You could totally do that with when in the Hulk game. Now I'm, I'm hoping eventually you'll be able to unlock a, the ability to knock down buildings because you could do that as well in the Hulk, where you could just punch a building until it fell mm-hmm. down you know and then you could like to, also you could do like you could take cars and like smash them and make them into gloves and hit people with them that was really cool too that game was fun and you could like surf on the top of cars you could like break a car and make it into a surfboard and like surf around the street you could do all these really cool stuff in that game it just reminds it reminds me of that a lot but it's but it's fun it's a lot of fun I love the superhero aspect, but yeah, you're right. There's no fucking reason to ever get in a car ever again once you get the speed boost. Like it's because, and they even tell you in the game, they're like, you can run way faster than any of the cars in the game. I'm like, yeah, why get in a car then? <laughs> Cause you can just, <laughs> and you can run through cars too. Like cars, like kind of like break around you. Cause you can just run straight through them.
0: Including all the cop cars when they're coming after you.
1: Yeah. And I was, t- I'm sure you were doing it too, where you like run up to somebody and then you do like the crazy, like wrestling move where you like throw mm-hmm. them up in the air and like power bomb them or you do whatever, whatever crazy head, like, explodes. wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun too. I-, I was doing that for a while where I was just running up to guys and throwing them, just like running up and throwing them over and over and over. Yeah. again.
2: I've done I that the a- so- too. I didn't get very far though. We got to maybe, I say just after the opening movie when the aliens attack. So I think last thing I did was, was uh, jump in the tank and, Shoot down the spaceships as they were approaching the White House. But I'm oh, so you're early. Excited now that I'm, I'm hearing more about what the game actually is and how it's once different. You, from Number three, which I also have.
0: Once you unlock the powers, it just becomes like a completely different game. Yeah, and that's like, what an hour. Or
2: two it's like or a to superhero be. game, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a superhero game, definitely. It's a superhero um, game, but you still get guns and stuff, and you can still steal cars if you want. But you can run way faster, <laughs> so it's not really did not really needed.
0: I've done a lot, so I'm on like a different chapter now because some pivotal story events have happened, and I've unlocked all the t- like I've freed all the towers. I think I'm almost done with the flashpoints, and I've done all the, the- all the. Um, there's like these other things you have to do. There's like seven of them. I can't remember what they're called, but yeah. So I've done all this stuff, all this optional stuff, and now I have the power to uh, freeze enemies and then like break them, which is pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. I got I got Demolition that power. Style.
1: I got that power pretty early.
0: And okay. then I upgraded it, and now it shoots fire, and then I upgraded that to where it explodes, and then I upgraded that to where when the explosion happens it like and anything else it touches also explodes, so now I can go into an intersection and hit like one car <laughs> and it's everything the... explodes <laughs> like it's huge train dominoes, yeah. yeah, it's really fun, and that's like all I do anymore. I just like fly way up in the air and then come down and find like you know an ambulance or a big vehicle, hit that, and then just watch the destruction and then run around, and collect the money. Wait for the cops to show up, kill all them, and then that makes one of the tyrant tyrant things show up, and then I kill it, and I just kind of rinse and repeat. But yeah, no, I've still got over three hundred of those orbs.
1: You still don't like, use them on anything. I don't know if
0: there's more. Well, I've used them on everything I can oh. on my current level. I'm on level nineteen.
1: Oh, I'm I'm like level twelve, I think. Mm-hmm. But I can't, some of the stuff yeah. you can't
0: unlock until like twenty eight. So oh yeah, I still got a little ways to go.
1: Sure. Yeah, and I and I got a lot of those data things too. I got a lot, and I was adding like I thought I had at least gotten a couple hundred of them because I just kept like buying shit with them, and it, and everything you buy is around like ten or twenty or fifteen or twenty, mm. you know. And I, and I bought everything that I could buy, you know. But I still kept. By the time I got another twenty, I could. There was another one I could do, so I would do that again. And I also have the I have the ability to current to turn cash into levels. I don't know if you got if you got that. Yeah, I have that. you can like buy it, and which I haven't actually used it yet. But there's, but yeah, you can do that too, or like the extra cash from the. um from the places that you're talking about that i can't remember the name of where you where you you kill the guys with the the 34 of them that you were doing Mm -hmm. those things where you get extra stuff from that and whatever but yeah it's 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 fun it's fun and silly and yeah i saw when i got the freeze thing that it showed that there were other like elements that you that would unlock later but i yeah you you got them all right eventually
0: you get like mind control and you can make like everything around you will fight for you so and then I just started to unlock the gang the gang activities. I haven't messed around with them yet, but I finally get to have a gang. So it's starting to really ramp up in fun and, and just ridiculousness because it's already like, well, I know I'm playing on easy mode, but I'm already pretty much invincible. So why do I need a, a, a gang? But I have a gang too, yes.
1: And you can upgrade the gangs too. Like You can give them like better weapons or better health mm-hmm. or better damage or whatever. So you can you can make them tougher. But I haven't I haven't gotten to a point where I need gangs, so I just haven't been messing with any of the upgrade stuff for the gangs. I've just been using it on other things.
0: Totally worth a buck. This game was a great value. Uh and also just I can just turn my brain off when I play it. Like I just kind of relax and just run around and see how see how fast I can get from one side of the city to the other or like find like the ideal path. If I see something, just be like, okay, I want to like jump over there, I want to climb up that building and then jump off the side and then uh use that thing to jump and, you know, just kinda get the idea in your head and then you try to execute it. And that part's really fun too.
2: Yeah. The discount was crazy. How like thirty nine ninety nine down to like $3 and 70 mm-hmm. something
1: cents. Yeah. It was, I think it was two seventy nine. 79. And well, I, I mentioned it last week and I think I mentioned it before that I had a lot of trouble with, with uh, Saints row at first. And I had trouble to where I had to like, I had to change where it was downloaded. I had to download it to my actual system instead of the micro SD card. And that fixed everything which I saw people, mm-hmm. some other people having trouble like that. So hopefully you don't have to deal with that because I, cause it worked fine until I got to like this part where you get stuck in this 50 style show called Live, leave it to the saints. And I just could never get through that mission. Every time I beat it, it would, it would like hard crash, kick me out of the game at the end of that mission every time. So I had to like, so I had, so I just tried like deleting it and redownloading it on the system and now it works fine. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't fucking know, but for some reason it didn't work on my micro SD card, which sucks. But thankfully I got it to work because I paid, I paid $15 for mine. You know, I, I got it on this first sale, but I like, but I, you know, I said it last week. I really liked the Saints Row games, So it really bummed me out that it wasn't working because I actually like those games and I wanted to play it, you know, so. But uh, thankfully it's, uh it's fixed itself. So, or I fixed it, but finally it's working again.
0: Yeah. The character created by itself is pretty cool. Like it's, it has a lot of depth to it. And, and at the same time, it's just stupid mindless fun, but I don't get with that.
2: You can do fun a Character stuff creator with, again. It was like, like when I jumped on, on monster hunter, I was like, I was like, I just did this like yesterday. Like I just <laughs> did the whole character creator thing for an hour. So I did it again
1: today. My, my character, my character looks pretty cool. She kind of looks like Nyla Rose, the wrestler, but her skin is like, uh, it's like this, like purple is like, is like this purple silver, like uh skin. Mm-hmm. Cause you can change your skin color and stuff. And she basically looks like a, super badass alien has like it has like purple shiny skin it's, it's cool
0: yeah my character probably kind of looks like a hulk type figure yeah it's also a, a female character but i gave her like a really like low voice and the way that that character acts totally fits like the whole i don't know kind of fits the uh the look of the character i gave it i think
2: i tried to make me but it came out look like joe rogan oh no nice <laughs> not joe rogan he sucks
0: I, I was, Did you said to the shortest size possible
1: to the to the shittiest person possible, I'm sure there's shittier people, but he still sucks. He's telling people not to get vaccinated on his on his fucking show that everybody listens to. I, one thing I like about Saints Row is that you can actually make fat people too. Like there's actually some fat representation in that game. I get tired of every fucking game you have to be a skinny person. It's like come on, dude, let me be a fat person so I can make fat people in in uh, in Saints Row, and that's awesome. So I made I made a big fat lady
0: in there. Oh yeah, you can change your character whenever you want because. You go to like the plastic. There's surgery. plastic
1: surgery places where you can you can change. Yeah, you can change and all that. So it's good stuff.
0: I did buy a couple of games. Uh, nothing huge, but I got Limbo because it was on super sale, like two bucks, I think. And so since I just got through playing Inside, uh, you know I've played through Limbo a few times. This is definitely not my first one, but given how like Shauna liked watching me play Inside, I thought maybe that'd be something else. And maybe she could even try it if she wanted. Because Limbo just is where it all started, and yeah, it's still fun. I got.
1: It's
0: good. I got past the spider, so I'm just past the spider in it. If you if you know what that is, so yeah. I mean, I played it for a little while. Yeah, it's pretty close to the beginning. But uh, another thing I bought, Slay the Spire, finally, which I said at the top. I have have that game. Spire Slayer. I
1: have that game. Yeah,
0: I've been hearing good things about it for what two, three years now. I'm not sure how long it's been out, but it was on super sale, like five bucks or something like that. It was cheap. I was like, I'm finally gonna buy this because I wanted to buy a couple of things with because I didn't get eShop money but I did get, you know, a little bit of cash for Christmas well. A, a decent amount compared to what I've gotten in the past, so I'm like, hey, maybe I'll buy some games. So, uh that's all I bought so far that is Slay the Spire and Limbo. Uh I've only played through Slay the Spire one round, but it still it takes about 30 minutes like if you're kind of taking your time and learning and it doesn't really like make you act quickly. You can kind of think over your moves, which I like. So it's a turn-based RPG, card-based, but super simple in its execution. But also seems like there's some elegance in like once you understand what you're doing, there's it, it can be a little more complicated. You can build your deck a little more efficiently. But I like it so far. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Bait and Kaitos, even there you go, kind of in like the chain of how the attacks work, and then it's really cool. You know, got a bit of a Hades feel because it's like the roguelite with the and you can upgrade your cards kind of like you upgrade your moves and give yourself uh boons and stuff on certain runs of Hades. Which I'm seeing Hades everywhere. Like even in Saints Row, there's a there's these droid these like drones that'll show up by enemies that kind of make them really, really powerful. You gotta kill the drone before you can kill the enemy because it basically makes it invincible. And there's stuff like that. Not in Slay the Spire, but also in Hades. But uh yeah. I think just because this is a roguelite It's going to have that feel a little bit. But with the cards, the card gameplay isn't too bad, really, to be honest. uh, I like the whole tree. I got to the boss. The boss killed me. I wasn't strong enough. But I did unlock a second character. So whenever I do load it up again, I'm going to play with a magic user, because I think the first character is just like your basic warrior type. And then you unlock like some sort of necromancer. I don't know if it's a necromancer. It might just be like a wizard. But uh, that's what I'm going to try next. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you guys know. Uh, Other than that, the only other thing I really played this week was uh, while I was hanging out with my nephew, he got a Switch for Christmas, and he wanted me to play Smash with him, and he's way better than me. I don't know how, (laughs) where he's been playing, but he's really good. One thing that I will say in my defense is we were playing with the tiny Joy-Con on the, the Switch, so he wanted to play it, like, just having it sitting in his lap we're both playing it so for me i just was getting a headache after a while trying to play smash on that little screen but oh yeah, like like a tabletop to me like yeah. Tabletop mode? yeah except with like a hyperactive uh kid with it on his lap moving all moving all around <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was still fun you know like i'm not saying he's it was impossible but just think of how much it zooms out in a smash like ouch yeah, my head was my head was getting a little a little painful.
1: I mean, you remember when that game was on 3DS? I mean, it's still on 3DS, but that I mean, I guess you didn't have to play two players on the same screen, but I still couldn't believe mm. that they made a game like Smash Brothers Portable at the time when it was on 3DS, just because. Yeah, but but I guess they 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 added the extra outline to the characters that kind of like mm. cell shaded them to, to a point to try to make it so you could see them better. Yeah. But i still couldn't couldn't believe it. I was like, no way, like handheld Smash Brothers, that's crazy, but here no, we are here we are now everybody would play it on switch, so yeah, I guess maybe you need some of these maybe these binbach guys to help you help you have more uh, more analog room and such, which I got to test these out because I was at Jess's grandma's house for a couple of days, and I still like them they they play great. I put a I turned on the um I turned on the breathe mode, so now they just kind of randomly change to whatever color they want to on the, on the joysticks. So they just like, as you can see, they just kind of go back. They just, just change whatever color where it's kind of random. So, so that's fun, but yeah, they're cool. And I like using, I like using the handheld thing too. This is the attachment that came with it where you could play it outside of it. That's cool. And you can turn your, you can turn your system on remotely with it, which which is, I think this is the only one that's not Nintendo made that you can do that. So pretty cool.
2: Anybody else watch eight bit Christmas?
1: You know what? I didn't. Not yet. (laughs) Well, I was gonna, I was you, thinking you about You did or
2: you didn't? You didn't. I, okay.
1: I did not, no. Uh, I was gonna, because I thought maybe we could do an episode about it, but I know, but you couldn't watch it until later, so I didn't, so I was like, well, you know, and I was planning on watching it, but I just didn't get around to it, and then Christmas came and went, and now I don't really... I don't know. I don't really care about watching Christmas movies anymore because it's not Christmas anymore. Is it? Is, well, it, wor- is it worth watching? I, I mean, I, I feel like I had enough of Neil Patrick Harris after I watched that terrible Matrix, whatever the fuck, metric Matrix Four Resurrection.
0: Oh, <laughs> see that? So, I watched yeah, that
1: too. Yeah. He's the fucking villain. He's the new like Smith yet. or whatever. I don't know. That movie was just basically Star Star Wars Episode Seven all over again. Felt like the same sort of thing. Where it's like, here's the same shit. I just I hate. I, It really bothers me where they don't let their characters like change at all. Like, why do we have to go back to Neo being the same as Neo was in the first movie? That's not interesting to me. Like, can't it be, can't we do something else? Like, why does it have to, why do we have to have a whole Matrix again? Why does the same story have to happen again? And they're so adamant about you feeling that it's the same that they play the same movie behind the scenes that they're doing of those same scenes. I'm like, this movie is stupid. Like, really? like while they're doing like the Morpheus scene they play the original Morpheus scene on the wall behind them it's like right on. they
2: project like his memory on the background i mean we, nope. we
1: we all we all fucking know what that scene is like you don't have to tell us that that's the scene from the original one cuz anybody who saw the original movie knows what that fucking scene is or like the when they do the kung fu thing and they show the funk kung fu scene on a tv in the background while they're doing a kung fu shit i'm like what the fuck man i did well, think I, I never
2: even liked the first matrix movies I'm um- yeah i I wasn't the audience for this movie anyway <laughs> i'm surprised you even I, watched it if you didn't like the first one well so i woke up early and um i went downstairs uh to watch tv and and my dad was down there watching it so i just joined him and watched we were watching it at like six in the morning wow and uh yeah i just kind of sat there and I, I was like half paying attention but you know I, I, it didn't draw me it didn't draw me in so uh, that's as much as I can say about the matrix movie and, and Neil Patrick Harris was in it and yep <laughs> uh we just the night before I just watched 8-bit Christmas so I was like oh him again all right he's busy
1: I, I felt I also one more thing about the matrix I, I did feel I, I felt very let down because I saw some like you know whatever conservative reviews said talking about this being some sort of like wake speech or something like that and that made me excited I thought that like you know, since the director, the director was a trans was a trans person and all that, maybe we could see some cool, like, queer stuff in there and all that, and no, we had, like, one, like, maybe these two girls that, like, look at each other for, like, two seconds, and maybe they're dating, but I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, you made, like, three fucking Matrix movies. Like, maybe in the fourth one we could try to, like, do some cool shit with, like, with, like trans people or, or non-binary or whatever, and there's, like, nothing in there. I don't know. I felt like it was just a real a real safe whatever matrix it's like let's do the same thing again it's like ugh. i was hoping that they would try to rock the boat a little bit on that i don't know they obviously yeah. spent a lot of money on it like I, money.
0: I don't have high expectations but also i'm also the of the camp of not really caring too much about the original matrix movies like not i like, to say I like I didn't the first like one th- i was say not to say i didn't like the first one but it's just one of those things sometimes where something's kind of okay but then a lot of people make such a huge deal out of it and make it part of their persona even to a certain extent, like mm. they do with the other stuff like Sure. I don't know, Nightmare Before Christmas. I love that still, but like just stuff like that where you're like, Okay, I get it, you like that movie, but <laughs> like, don't need to keep talking about how deep it is. Right. Of course, going to Christian college at the time also had something to do with it. Well,
1: yeah, because everybody, myself included, thought it was an allegory for Christianity and all that stuff. Even though it makes much more sense as an allegory for a trans person, which, which it does. Yeah, yeah, where it's like you have to, you know, I mean, it could be, you can put it for anything. You know, it could be like, you feel a way everybody else in the world feels a different way. You know, taking the pill is conforming to society. Taking the other pill is like becoming yourself and doing what you actually are and all that.
0: It's a modern parable.
1: You could, I mean, it's, it's, it's Plato's cave. Like it's the same, you know, it's the same as THX one, one, three, eight. It's the same as Logan's run. Like there's so many other movies that have been like this before. They just did it it's really. It's kind of
0: cool. like Truman show. Right.
1: They just did it really cool with leather and a whole lot of cameras. I think, I think, I think the biggest thing that that movie like uh, revolutionized was like the spin, you know, like the spin effect. Cause they use like a hundred cameras, like in a circle to do like the jump up, like you know, stop, mm-hmm. spin, and bullet time, because bullet time is in everything still. So, yep. you know, that was like the big thing. Including there. video games. That's what I'm saying, especially video games. It was everywhere. Like, <laughs> bullet time. It was in Beautiful Joe, even.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I just don't have high expectations. I mean, I'm, I think I saw this. How many are there? Were there three or
2: two? Originally? There were three before. There now there's four.
0: I, I saw the second one, and it was okay. And then somebody had me walk the through. I think it was my old roommate and uh it's like we're gonna sit down We're watch the second and third movie because i'd really think you should see them and i watched them but i don't remember them at all they weren't we can enough to me
1: Je- jess and i we watched the matrix one again like during the pandemic you know and i was like that, is, that that movie's pretty good let's try watching the second third one we tried watching the second one and we're like god this movie's awful and we never we never finished it we just turned it off because it's bad it's just that so, same just roommate so got
0: uh you got the Metroid game or Metroid, <laughs> the Matrix video game, whatever that one. Enter the Matrix or Enter the Matrix, yeah. yeah, loved that. I watched him play some of that. Didn't I played, the, like I played that game. game, but
1: I played that game. Did you beat it? Oh yeah, I beat it. I rented it. I mean, it was I supposedly. It. it was part of the story. It was supposedly
0: Matrix Four, right?
1: No, it was. It was the first it, Matrix Four. It, it, it was a side story to Matrix Two. Oh, okay. is what it was. It, it that was what I thought was kind of a problem with those with those movies is. Especially Matrix Two was they did they had Enter the Matrix the game and they had the Animatrix. Uh, oh right, the,
0: animated, the Animatrix was was really good. The actually. animated
1: movie stuff and all of it, all of it, you kind of had to watch all these things to understand all of the I like parts the of the story and all that.
0: Was the best one?
1: Yeah, the Animatrix was vignette. cool.
0: I actually like that one, yeah. and, and I think because they made the little vignettes out of it within the world, like in the different styles and stuff, like. There's a show on Netflix now called gosh, I can't remember. It's all about robots. Yeah, I know. Robots. robots. I know. Huh?
2: Loving robots?
0: Yeah, loving robots. It's a lot like the Animatrix, in my opinion, like a similar kind of concept where it's all these little vignettes. And I think it fits better in that way. You know, you take these these rules that have been established in this fictional universe and you apply them to all these different stories rather than just one continuous story. It's more fun that way.
1: It's a love, love death and robots. I knew there was love, death, death, and death and in robots. there. Yeah. Oh, we, right. we watched it. We watched a couple of those Jess and I did, but it wasn't really, we, we didn't finish it, but yeah, they, they were some of them were okay. There was one that I remember that was like a, was supposed to be like a mature, a mature Pokemon. If you remember that, where mm-hmm. they like had the big, like beast, like killing each other. I remember that, but yeah, that's, um, whatever don't watch it but uh but 8-bit christmas how about that one
2: yeah maybe don't watch that one either i don't i give it a six out of ten perhaps a seven out of ten on a good day it didn't it's not something i'm gonna watch again to me it had a couple of different problems one was that it didn't really look like the 80s at all and i hate that when he said a movie in a different yeah era you should try to make it look like that era i don't know do something different with the film stock don't make it look all like it was filmed with a brand new camera and you know make it look like an '80s movie. Use the camera and, and, and film type that they would have used at that time. Like, go the extra mile. Bring me back to that era. Um, but they didn't do that with this movie. There are elements that they concocted that don't really jive with the actual history as far as uh, N- Nintendo, and which puts the movie directly at odds with the desired audience. You know, basically us. Um, and you can't make this kind of movie and make up games that didn't exist there was one game that they made up where it was a fighting game and that was a genre that didn't even exist really on nintendo didn't exist until the su- the 16 bit generation
0: well um, not, i mean TMNT you, tournament fighters
2: you had you had that but not well not it didn't get into full swing until 16 bit in in a double dragon
1: 1 there mm-hmm. was a multiplayer thing that you could play where you fought each other and to me as a kid I thought that was one of the first fighting games. Like when I saw like something like street fighter, I thought about that multiplayer stuff from double dragon one. So that, so I was like, Oh, but that that's kind of like that, you know, that's like a, that's like a fighting game thing, you know? So I do think it was there
0: somewhat. And there was like, you'd always have to be two of the same character though. Yeah. But I mean, we always yeah. do a Bobo versus a Bobo and then stay in the middle and then run in the opposite direction. <laughs> so you're both off screen and you both just hit the walls on each side.
1: Well, we like to do the ones that had weapons where you could like, that's and true. swing stuff around and all this particular
2: fighting game that, that they made up was a game that used the power glove so there <laughs> definitely wasn't a power glove fighting game yeah not that i know of uh, but at least the, the thing they got right about that was they they used it to show that the power glove sucked so the kid who was <laughs> using the power glove he, he ended up losing uh, that, was, that was that was all right that was cool uh, but you can't sit in the movie about around the nes being hard to get when it wasn't
0: it was really I mean, on the first year
2: yeah, but this is this is like so they said it kind of a, in a vague era of the eighties. In fact, this uh, Neil Patrick Harris, who plays the father in the movie, who's uh, in this role, he's kind of like the like the grandpa in the Princess Bride, like he's telling a yeah. story to his daughter about how he he got the NES. I gathered um, that from the trailer. And he said, and he said it was it was they're they, were, they were going back and forth on what year it was exactly, and he said it was the late eighties. So oh, definitely they're, they're not trying hard to, to get. Yeah. Yeah, so they were they were trying to uh, make that vague for that for that purpose so that so that you could so that guys like us could say oh well all right maybe maybe it was hard to get it at the time maybe it wasn't maybe maybe it was 1985 or 86 but he was saying like oh so, sometime in around the late 80s or so something like that
0: I mean 86 um, was the most important game year for video games so,
2: so I hear. <laughs> Was it
1: now? I, I heard that some people voted that 2002 was the most important. Some <laughs> still say 1998. And I think they were right. And they were so right that uh, Retronauts just did an episode about 2002 because they knew it was And the about worst. how much it sucked. Is that what they talked about? I didn't listen yeah. to it. Oh, they're wrong. They're all wrong. 2002 <laughs> was the best year. I'm not listening to that episode now. I was hoping they would talk well of 2002 because that was a great year. How could it suck? You had two Metroid games on the same day. Come on, man.
2: Uh, on the nes being hard to get in this movie or whatever it's like you can make a movie about anything with any plot line why do you have to work in this fiction that it was hard to get in in the late 80s honestly Um, when
1: i when i saw something else when i saw the trailer for it i was like i was kind of like i'm like i'm tired of i mean i've been tired of the 80s thing for a long time like I'm, i'm i'm like why do they have to be finding an nes like that seems like Like, can't you just be, could you, like, be looking for a 64, like, a Genesis or something like that? Like, nobody does movies about these other systems trying to find them. I think that'd be more fun. I'd be more... I want to see an
0: old movie about, like, or a movie about, like, you know, go way back to the 80s, but there's, like, a haunted video game system or something. Like, let's make it unique.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun if they do, like, the creepypasta stuff. Like, that, like, Mm -hmm. actual, like... Like the evil Pokemon game that killed everybody or whatever, mm-hmm. like that. I've watched that too. They did an Axe of the Blood God episode about that, and I actually kind of or felt drowned. Link. I was kind of scared afterwards from listening to it because hey, there's some cre- there's some creepy stuff about that.
0: Or uh, though Majora's Mask, creepy is the, the scariest stuff to be.
1: Yeah, the the Ben drowning, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or like just the, where it was just like the story about like just finding like this weird copy of a game that you'd never seen before and it ended up killing the people who... I mean it's kind of it's kind of sounds like the ring and all that but whatever but I'm just I'm kind of tired of the 80s like NES stuff I feel like that's the retro stuff that people normally go to it's like can we just can we just do another thing like I why don't you make it why don't you make a movie about how hard it was but to get a 64 because it was actually hard to get the 64 when it came out you know like in the beanie baby time and it'd be fun I just watched a documentary on beanie babies
2: Wow. I want to see a movie about a guy who waits in line two days to get a Wii.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could write that. You have the ability.
0: I can't for, wait for twenty years from now when there's nostalgia about buying a Scout PS5. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, or I'd watch a movie of somebody trying to track down like, the PlayStation One or something like that. Like, go go for, you know, go for something that's not overdone. Like, I feel NES is over is overdone, super overdone.
0: Maybe someone tracking down a Saturn and they finally get it. And then the price drops and, then, know, they,
1: damn it. and then they hate it. <laughs> they, uh-huh. they get it and they don't like it. They're like, this sucks. Why did I even get this?
0: Or a virtual boy. Yeah. Like they just paid full price. And then like one day later, it's like, we're not supporting this anymore. And it goes down to 50 bucks.
1: I'd watch a movie about somebody trying to hunt down a virtual boy for Christmas. Like that would be great. <laughs> that'd be very, I'd <laughs> be very like, you know, specific there. Yeah. I don't know. I it's
0: especially if it was a 3d movie.
1: Yeah, cool. Christmas is, has come and gone for me, so I, I'm not really, I don't really have that much of an itch to watch to watch eight bit Christmas now. So
2: I would rather watch a Christmas story or The Wizard. Like I have no reason to watch this movie again. So Gremlins, Greml- yeah. Gremlins is. I was I was talking about that at Christmas. I'm
1: like I'm like, why is Die Hard getting all this fame? Where Gremlins is the real Christmas movie. Sure. Talks, I mean, I like Die Hard. Don't get me wrong, but but uh, I feel like people don't talk about Gremlins enough. That's a great movie. Also, uh, I watched uh, Ernest Saves Christmas because it's on Disney Plus. I also watched it.
2: And oh, that that's movie, a great that one. That
1: movie's all right. You know, it's a uh, yeah, I, it's a good I, movie. I enjoyed it's... it. I didn't think it. We watched it right after we watched Santa Claus, the movie, which is terrible, the Deadly Moore yep. one. <laughs> which yeah, is cool. really oh, movie. I thought
0: you meant the Santa Claus with Tim Allen.
1: No, not that one. I mean, Jess likes that movie. I saw it in theater. Yeah, whatever. it's okay. Santa
2: Claus the movie is a weird one. I'm talking about Just Santa Claus the movie, movie where like
1: where like one of the elves like leaves Santa Claus and like starts like developing his own toys for like a company with John Lithgow and and the, there's like this weird subplot about that and and they end up making this toy that gets people to float and then they try to make it to where you can fly longer but it's like but it's easily but I guess if it gets too hot it explodes and like there's this whole other. The, the, I think the problem was they Santa Claus becomes Santa Claus in like the first five minutes of that movie, and then they don't really know where to go from there. It's like, shouldn't the whole movie be him becoming Santa Claus, not like that happening in the very beginning, and then you don't know where to take the plot? Like that's what I felt was going on with that movie, where it's like, maybe if one of the elves left and made a really popular toy that make people hate Santa Claus, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay.
2: The other thing that I watched slash played was uh, Late Shift. That's my second go around on on that that's a good game um, movie slash game yeah and i watched it with my mom so it was something nice i was trying to looking for something where you know everybody could get involved and in. and so me my mom watched the late shift and i think she enjoyed it i think she had a good time playing it yeah you know, i was operating the controller and I was she, letting her make all the decisions Yeah, you know,
1: say did she do all the picks for you yep did you see anything yep. like very different from the other time that you played it like did were you like oh yeah this is this isn't was like the ending different and all that or do you remember last time i, I think
2: there was I think there was one branch of the story that I, one chapter that I hadn't seen yet, but other things were familiar. And I was just seeing different variations on, on uh, the decisions and all that. Uh, we got the bad ending. So uh, that was, that was a new ending that I hadn't seen yet uh, where I died and the girl died. Oh. So I think that was the worst ending.
1: I, I know there's, I mean, I saw like people doing videos about like all the different, that it's pretty complicated. And I think Janet talked about it too. Like, there's just so many different ways you can go, and you can get, you can kiss the girl in there, but it's really hard to do because you have to do all these specific things before that. The part where like, where it gives you the option to kiss her, and she'll like always say no to you. But there's one time where you can actually kiss her, but you have to do all these specific things before that, and it's really hard to do. And
2: are you talking are, about the the blonde girl that he meets at the parking garage, or the one the that, other girl,
1: the one that's with you, the one that's like stealing the shit with you?
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: There's, there's, a part, there's a part where it's an option to say kiss her, but if you try to, she won't. She won't do it. But you can't actually, if you do all these other things before, you can't actually get to where she will kiss you.
2: But it's very specific. It's a very where... small
1: percentage of you getting it because you have to get all yeah, we... these other uh, decisions right before that.
2: Yeah, I, I tried and I said yes, and then she wouldn't. Yep. So I did not get it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other things, let's see. You, oh, you... I bought a bunch of games. Probably, yeah. This is probably the most games that I've ever bought at once.
1: Yeah, you got a whole lot of stuff here. Go down your list here.
2: Sure. I'm going to go in order of least played to most played. Okay. So the one that I have not played yet is Gone Home, which I'm excited to try because I've heard it's really, really good. In fact, I it remember it getting Game of the Year at some point. Some publication gave it that. Um, you've tried it, Jeremy, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. I played through it.
2: And the reason I didn't go for that one just yet is because there was another game on the list, which I'll talk about later, which I felt was kind of a similar One, it was like, do I I want to start this one or start that one? I chose the other one. Um, The next game that I got was West of Loathing, which I tried on my brother-in-law's switch. He got it surprised and pleasantly to realize that it's not really as much of an RPG as I thought it was. I thought it it was just straight RPG, but it's really kind of a uh, more leaning in in the way of of point and click adventure with some light RPG elements and on his recommendation. I got it. He said he was laughing the whole way through it. He really enjoyed the writing and, and there were some surprises in there and it's a nice brief game. We're going kind to of get in and get out. So yeah, I got that for $6 and five cents. Um, the next one I really want to get more into, because I, I tried it for about 20 minutes or so. And I, f- I feel like this is actually a game that if I had some more time with it, it would be on my, on my list. Um, yeah, but I got going under, which is a dungeon crawler where you're at you're an intern at a, a, a startup company uh so it's like a they call it a dungeon crawler i'm not sure what that means exactly but to me it's like a isometric angle brawler like a, a, a beat-em-up basically you can grab any objects around the room and uh, use them as weapons and and fight the one a bunch where of,
0: people are like smashing uh like photocopiers through the wall and stuff that's the one okay i remember i've never seen that in an indie direct
2: yeah i remembered that from the indie direct and it stuck with me ever since And i thought this looks pretty cool it looks like it has something to say as well about workplace culture and all that um actually it makes it makes a, a so far it makes a pretty nice companion piece to uh say no more which i really enjoyed yes yeah, um, and that one i got for a good discount it was 679 down from 20 bucks so really good discount uh, the next one that i got was a game that's uh, from a series that's been on my mind for like 20 something years. I'd say about 25 years. Um, and it's Broken Sword Five, The Serpent's Curse. I've never played a Broken Sword game before.
1: I never, I, I saw that and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> like, I don't even know what Broken Sword is. I haven't even heard of it.
2: Well, it's another point and click adventure. And I believe there was a demo for the original one way back in 1996 on, I want to say it was on, uh, Toonstruck, that must have been how I played it. But I played a demo for it back in 1996 for the first, I think it was the first Broken Sword game. I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. It's like a nice cinematic looking animated uh, type of game. It, it, it really did look like something uh, at the time that might have been like out of a Disney movie or something. Like they took the level of care and design with the characters that made you pay attention. And I'd always wanted to try one of those games uh, in full ever since. So now was the time because it was on sale for $4.49 down from 30 bucks. That's a good discount. Um, I put about each of the, I, I I really didn't put more than 15 minutes into any of these games except for, except for one of them, eh, maybe two or three, but uh, I, I put about 10 minutes into this one and it it looks like a quality game. So I'm excited to dive in and play through the rest of it. I got Shakedown Hawaii. Anybody play Shakedown Hawaii?
1: I think. What wasn't that like included in a Humble Bundle or something? Or was no. that? In, no. Or, or no? Or no? That was the one before, right? It was retro something. Mm-hmm. It's the same company, right? It's like the sequel to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I played whatever the other one was—the Humble Model one that was on 3DS. I played that
2: one. It's kind of. You might be thinking of Retro City Rampage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. Okay, yeah. But so I, but I Shakedown Hawaii is another one. That's it's basically the. The old 2D Grand Theft Auto games, just made by some other company. That's it's kind of like an homage to those.
0: It kind of uh, reminded me in a in like visuals. It kind of reminds me of a Hotline Miami.
2: Yeah. Yes. Kinda. It also reminded me of that. Yep. And you got the Hawaii slash Miami. You know, there's right. some <laughs> gross over there. But yeah. that one was a good discount. Six bucks off from uh, twenty. Yeah, six dollars total. It was like the 20.
1: unofficial sequel to Retro City Rampage because they made they made that one also. That's, that's why I can. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that.
2: that. So it's the unofficial sequel made by the same company.
1: I don't know if it's officially a sequel, but they're similar, and it is the same company. So okay. I So I know that because I, I remember seeing it, being like, you know, from the people who bought you brought you Retro City Rampage, which I didn't I didn't like that game. I thought it was I it was like too many references in one minute. It's like we're going to reference ten things like in the first five minutes of the game, and I'm like, I'm out. I don't <laughs> I don't care that you want to reference Back to the Future a thousand times. Like I just. It makes me exhausted. Just I don't care. Like, just come just up with it, Come with an original idea, idea, please. Who cares?
2: It plays really well. It's uh, satisfying. The graphics look nice. Um, I've got a kind of a glut of Grand Theft Auto games, Grand Theft Auto style games now. So you do. We'll see if I put more into it, but I think I will. That 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 game was on sale too, and I thought about it for a second,
1: but still, it wasn't on sale enough for me. I think it was like mm-hmm. forty-seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. If it was on sale for like thirty or twenty, I would have thought about it, but same. It was it wasn't enough. Like I, it wasn't enough for me to for me to jump. I'm having enough that. fun
0: with uh, Saints Row Four for now. Yeah,
2: I got three of the Johnny Turbo's arcade games, and have you guys played any of those uh, Johnny Turbo arcade? Oh, I, I did. I uh, one of them yeah. that you have on here, I beat
1: uh, Night Slashers. I played through all of that game. That okay. game that game was a lot yeah, of fun. I,
2: I got Night Slashers, Wizard Fire, and Sly Spy for two bucks each.
0: I think I bought a uh, uh, Joe and Mac two, or no, it was like Super Joe and Mac, which was like not even like the original game, but it was an arcade that was like based off of those characters. I think that's a Johnny Turbo arcade
2: game. Yeah, yeah, you. The got first that. thing that struck me about yeah. these games is yeah, when you them. start them up. There's this really bad, cheesy intro. It sounds like somebody just recorded. It sounds like like almost like the Johnny Turbo arcade series is produced by like one or two people. And one of those guys was Johnny Turbo. Johnny Turbo, of course, and then like he does the the intro, he records it himself. You know, it sounds like he's not a professional voice actor or whatever, but just like it says, Johnny Turbo's Arcade presents, and then they'll do they'll read the name off. They'll be like in a cheesy way, like an overly trying kind of way. It'll be like Night Slashers, <laughs> and it's just like yeah. Nice lashes is, like, is, is fun. Why did do, why do they even do that? Like, why did they just start the game up? So, uh, yeah, nice lashes was really cool. It's like uh, if it's like you're playing almost like 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 a it's a beat 'em up with like Freddy Krueger style characters or Jason Voorhees and or knockoffs of those characters and super bloody, and super gory, and super fun. Wizard fired and try yet slice by. I tried for a minute or so. That's basically like if James Bond were a beat em up, and yeah, it seems like it was pretty worth it for. Two bucks a piece. The next one that I got was Figment. You guys might remember that from uh the recent Indie Direct. They had a I saw bit that. For Figment too.
1: Yeah, I saw it was on sale for $1.99. One 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 quick thing about Johnny's Turbo Arcades. Uh I just wanted to look and see which ones that I got. I bought I bought uh these are the three Johnny Turbo Arcade games that I have. I have Night Slashers, Bad Dudes, and Super Burger Time. Or the Johnny Turbo I arcade Super games Burger that I got. Time. It was I played through it in a day, you know, it was kind of fun for what it was
2: i'm waiting for regular burger time to go on sale i've never seen that it's it's on there for it's 7.99 but i want to pay two bucks for it i love burger time did you guys have any interest in figment
1: you know i I
0: don't remember what figment is
1: that was the one with the guy with the guy who played the music that like was talking in a different language and he like does like the walk out and then he starts singing in english outside and it's like a it was like a roguelike thing where they sing about whatever you're doing. And yeah, I saw that Vic Figment 1 was on sale for $1.99 and I really thought about getting it. And uh all but then I was like, well, I have the demo of, Fig- of Figment 2 cuz you could download that for free and I was like I should play the demo before I buy the other one. So I just didn't I didn't buy the first one and I didn't play the demo either. So, <laughs> so far I think so you great. should
2: consider before <laughs> that sale ends. The sale ends in like 2 days or something. But um yeah, I think you should consider getting it for that 2 bucks. Did you Um, you play? it? It's down from 20 bucks. I played it for uh, about 15 minutes and I didn't know what it was really when I started it up, but I was again, surprised to find it's kind of a, it's a point and click adventure. Um, you walk around the map and, you know, bring things here and there. And, and it seems like there's an interesting story. There's definitely a cool art style to it. Um, I'm, I'm super glad for it already for just two bucks. I got donut county. I, I know Jeremy played donut county. Me, me too. We we both beat it. No, oh, don't. you, you both don't, played it. Yeah, Donut County. It's a,
0: it, you could probably finish it in one sitting if you yeah. were committed to it. I think I did.
1: Yeah, I was going to say you I, I think I beat it in like a couple days, but yeah, it's it, Donut County's great. It reminds me it reminds me a lot of like uh ra- reminds me of Katamari and it reminds me of Pikmin mm. also because it has the funny mm. explanations of cuz you like create holes that that uh take things, you know, that trap things inside of it and there's little raccoons that are funny and Yeah, it was cool. I had a lot of fun with that game. I thought it was a cool game.
2: Yeah, for $3.79, I'm good with it. Um, I've had at least that much fun with it so far. I got Bubble Bobble for Friends, which I'd been watching for a long time. I really wanted that game when it came out, but it was $40, which is the wrong price. Um, I think $23.99 for some people still might be too much. But for me, I just really wanted a Bubble Bobble game. I love those games. They're so addictive and, you know... Once you pick them up, you can't put them down for a while. So, um, at twenty three ninety nine, I'm happy with it. Now, I was disappointed to find out after buying the game that there's no online multiplayer. I just assumed if you call something for friends, then that's going to be an online multiplayer game. Only friends at your there's house. Not. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and but I, I was having fun with that, playing with that with my nephew. Uh, he enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's it's bubble bobble, um, and not really much more. Um, it's done up with nicer graphics and everything. There is the original bubble, bobble arcade game in there as well. If you want to play that and there's online leaderboards. Um, if you're a fan of the series, I'd say, get it for 23 99. It doesn't seem like it's ever going to go on sale below that because it's been on sale for three or four times and that's the price they want to put it on sale for, so get it. If you like, if you like the series, otherwise, you know, approach with caution, it might be a little bit too pricey for you. Might pop in your uh, face. That's true
1: didn't you like play through it or you, or you found out that there was like the original version is on there or something like that. You were, you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The, the,
2: the original is on there. It's playable from the get go. It's just, uh, they call it like, you know, the arcade mode or something like that. And it's, it's just the arcade game, which yeah, yeah, I, I'd be happy paying, you know, I don't know, 15 bucks or so just for that arcade game. Cause I, I, I really like that series a lot. I got Saints Row four, which we already talked about. And then, the last one I said before that, uh, I got something similar to gone home, which I think is similar to gone home. Um, I don't know, but I really loved this game. In fact, it's my pick of the week. It's what remains of Edith Finch. I got that for $6 down from 20. And I got that, um, in large part, thanks to Janet's recommendation. I know a while back, she, she loved that uh, game. gave yeah. it a glowing recommendation and I second it. I think it's a 10 out of 10. I think it's a, a absolute classic especially for narratives for storytelling in video games this is one of the best examples that I can think of they just they they get it in and they tell you a story not just by like forcing it or, or through exposition or that kind of thing but they let the environment tell the story and there's a narrator all along but it's it's weaved in there fluidly and interestingly you'll see like when you turn around the corner the the narration the words is It's going to be pinned to certain parts of the environment that is drawing your eye this way, that way. Um, and then you'll always find something a little bit more. If you look closer like every little detail of the house, uh, tells part of the story and the story is that you're a 17 year old girl whose family has all died. You're the last surviving member of the family. And you're going back to this house, uh, where generations of your family all lived um in the house uh certain rooms have been boarded up and they were boarded up by your mother who you quickly come to find out was i don't know i would say a little bit eccentric it seems like she was mentally disturbed and as you're walking around this house you're just finding out more and more about your family and more and more about who you are. And it's a game again, that just doesn't waste a moment. It's a brief experience. I sat down and beat it all in one sitting in three hours. And I was floored, like uh, every story that you encounter, cause each, each uh, of your family members, they're an entryway into a different story. Each story is different, unique in terms of visuals, in terms of gameplay. It's always surprising. It always offers something new constantly and it just gets in there gets out and it leaves you like it leaves an impression on you. I recommend this game uh my highest recommendation. And at $6 it's an it's an absolute must play. In fact, I told my brother-in-law to give it a try and he loved it just as much.
1: It's a uh, I have the game. Same thing, I bought it on the recommendation of Janet and I felt like it was about this price maybe a little bit less. I'm like that it was really cheap and I just like went for it never mm. never played it once never opened it it's a uh, the equivalent of digital sealed I guess never never mm. never touched it I have I do have a couple games on there that I just haven't touched and I still remember mm. them but I'm like I should play that someday but I'm like, but I have these other games I want to play more yeah
2: I you, would be completely me, satisfied had I bought it for twenty dollars six dollars I think is is okay. it's reflective of the amount of time that you'll get out of it um, at least on one playthrough but it's a twenty dollar quality game absolutely i was hoping next week to like
1: just be able to just like play some games and not really care about what i'm playing for the show and all that and just try to catch up on some older stuff that's my plan once i finish this and the video and all that so i don't know maybe i'll get into it but i'll probably mostly just be playing the top tens and other games that aren't on there
2: that i want to beat. so so i ended up my totals my total uh, that i spent was seventy-two thirty-three, and the uh, retail price would be originally 252.88. So I saved 180.55. What was that? that thir-
0: 13 games?
2: It's quite thirteen a game. games. Yep.
0: Plus the game I sent you. You got a bunch of games to play.
2: That's true. Yep. Yeah, you got 14 games.
1: Yeah. It's, there's like 15 or 14, right? Yeah, because one of them's like four because of all that Johnny Turbo stuff.
2: I do want to try out Edith Finch. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think definitely you got a day or two left on the sale. I say pick it up now at the six bucks and whenever you're ready to play it. You're going to have a great time. Just give it.
1: I mean, it's three hours. So that's like one of our podcasts.
2: <laughs> so uh, it's not
1: that long. That's what I'm saying. You can, sit, you can sit through that. All right, cool. Um, I think that's it for all of us on our Christmas stuff. Let's take a break and come back and talk about our games of the year. And all that yeah, stuff. Yes. So be right back.
0: Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and. Hey, Mario, let
2: go! Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa,
3: whoa, 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 whoa. He's throwing
1: us
0: back to the show!
1: So long, gay Bowser! Ah! Ah, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! this is it it's time it's time for our end of the year annual best games top 10 extravaganza i'm always afraid of this episode coming because i'm I'm always afraid i'm not going to have my list together in time or you know i'm never prepared for it it seems like i think i was i mean i was kind of prepared for the list but i am never prepared for the video footage and all that stuff but yeah our top 10 favorite games for 2021 2021, I thought was a pretty good year. I mean, for me, I think it was a little bit better than 2020 as far as releases go. I mean, we're definitely, well, a lot of them. I thought so too. And I definitely felt like there was a lot of games that I didn't get to play because there were too many of them, especially on the RPG front. Like they were just, they're just at you, just one after another, just like RPGs left and right. 2020
0: had Hades and I don't feel like there was anything that hit me quite like Hades this year unfortunately,
1: yeah hey, I mean Hades didn't hit me like Hades when Hades came out, but I did have fun with it you know to a point but it didn't hit me as hard as it hit you of course but it's a it's been a good year I think for stuff there's definitely some weird shit in here
2: oh uh, let's realize that I didn't play as many new games as I thought I did, yeah, and so I had to for you'll see for for the first few for like ten through eight probably I might be. Stretching a bit, playing, showing up. um I talk, talk about some games that I maybe only played like an hour or two of, but uh overall, I do think that it was a good year, Um, especially as we go later up the list.
1: I mean, as long as it's, you know, as long as it's like games that, I mean, I, you could even put like the Nintendo 64 edition to the, you know, you could use that as a game. I know I did. I did that one year for the NES games, like whatever year that was, I used it as a, as one of the, as as one of the numbers, you know, so. You can always do that stuff like that if you if you you know if it meant that much to you.
2: Oh no, I feel good about my my picks. Yeah, but that's just oh well, you'll see.
1: All right, well let's get started then. I don't, why don't you why don't you give yours, John? I always go first. Like just go ahead, do your number ten here since you were already talking All right.
2: about it. Why don't why don't we switch things up a little bit here? Well, my number ten is. Number ninety nine, Pac Man ninety nine. That is. Oh, there it is. So, yeah, I was wondering if any if
1: Pac Man ninety nine was going to make it anybody's list. I figured not because it was kind of here and there. But my favorite thing about Pac ninety nine was it was the only one that I won at. So <laughs> that, that's my favorite <laughs> thing is the only one that I actually won online with. So
2: so that gives it a number one in my book or a number ten, whatever. Yeah, I had, I enjoyed my brief time with it. um They say that I played an hour of it. I think I played more. I I, I would guess I played three or four hours. But, you know, I, I love Pac-Man. I have a special spot for it in my heart because I miss Pac-Man machine and all that. And it's just nice to have the experience on on the Switch. Um, and to have it in the 99 form is, is great. I think it was a pretty cool implementation of that. And I'm always happy to see uh, another 99 game. Uh, that's really the reason that I decided to put it on on the list. Uh, was it just that it was another 99 game? It was a free download for people who who have the service and this it's another indication that they're keeping that series the 99 series going. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one which has to be Dr. Mario. It's got to be Dr. Mario. Maybe.
1: I don't know. A lot, a lot, I mean, I, I feel like every year is this, but we got a lot of uh got a lot of anniversaries coming up, so who knows could be anything should i go should i go next Do you want to go next what do you want to do
0: Uh, well i go next didn't think this would show up and actually it's kind of like by the uh, down to the wire between my number 10 and i kind of feel bad because the original one i had at number 10 was is a series that i'm just like i I love so much but it just fell flat for me so i won't even say what that is
1: oh i think i know which that which one that is
0: but number 10 for me because of the amount of time I spent with it and the fact that it did kind of like, I was kind of obsessed with it for like a week or so, is uh, the new Pokemon Snap.
1: Oh, you you got which, Pokemon Snap in there. Which I Interesting.
0: haven't had a lot of good things to say about it since, I guess it's more of a me- to me, it was a mediocre sequel. It was more like when they when they did Yoshi's New Island or whatever, you know, where it was like, yeah, it should have been great because it was using all the same elements of the old game, but for whatever reason it just kind of felt but it wasn't it it wasn't new
1: enough is the problem right it wasn't new enough and i thought new island was okay push the hardware it it was no woolly world or crafted world or those games were definitely much better
0: so i feel the same way about new pokemon snap but when it came down to it it was between this and okay i'll say it between this and WarioWare. so you know that's not gonna be on my list now yeah
1: that's that's fine (laughs)
0: Uh, because WarioWare, I only played for like four hours and then I just stopped. Like yeah. I played it for a couple of days and I just never went back to it. So, I haven't played it. You know, yeah. new Pokemon Snap offered a couple of updates or at least one, no, at least two updates where they've added stuff to it, and I haven't gone back and checked it out. So there's still content left to play, and I've put over 25 hours in it apparently. So it was enough where I kind of got. If you remember, there, you know, you could put, put put your photos online and people could react to them and stuff. And there was like almost like a little mini social network in there to a certain extent that kind of grabbed my interest for a little bit there. And I think a lot of people online, depending on your level of love for Pokemon and specifically the original Pokemon snap, I think people tend to look at this more favorably with that lens of nostalgia. And even me like being like, I mean, I played all the way through shield. That's the only Pokemon game I finished. But I love the original Snap, and I played that a lot. In fact, I played all the way through the original one recently in the past couple of years on the uh, the Wii U Virtual Console. So, but my honest take on it is, it's a mediocre sequel. And in spite of all the stuff they added, it's still it just it's not enough to compete with the excitement you can have with other games online on, on. and the current generation, including you know even just the photo mode that's in the new Pokemon Sword and Shield, and, and how that kind of already exists. To a small extent, maybe you're not on rails, but it has that snap feel. So, yeah, this is something we're clamoring for for a long time. I think the surprise factor of it actually showing up and being an all new game and not like a remake or, you know, a reboot or whatever, like, you know, it was a true sequel. So it gets points for that, too, for actually kind of like taking us by surprise. Um, So Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap, 25 plus hours earlier this year that I barely remember. But that's my number 10.
1: That's what I like about uh, having Jeremy on the show here. You keep it real. Like even your games that you don't like, you still put them on your, on your list. And I like that about you. Like, I mean, well, you know, you, you could even one uh, cause you've done that before where it's like, where you did, where you complained about it, but you still stay true to it. Cause you did put a lot of time into it and all that stuff. And
0: yeah, it held my interest. I mean, and it wasn't, there was no sort of compet competitive element. Like I didn't feel like I had to get through it before you did. Like, I feel with some games sometimes like I want to beat it before my friends or whatever. Like I never had that pressure with this game, but I still did have a desire to get all the way to the end of it. At least the, you know, before they added the DLC.
1: Yeah, there is, there's more stuff in there. So if you wanted to go back and play it, there would be more to do. I was, uh, you know, because, because I had to gather all my captures and stuff like that for the video for this. And uh, I went through and I actually switched my, I switched my micro SD cards. I put the old one in, and I had no problem like playing my old captures and stuff like that, which is great because if you put your capture card, if you put your micro SD card on a computer, it's damn near impossible to find any specific thing that you want because the way that they like the way that they file everything is fucking bizarre. They'll be like, you go to like here's the you go to like the year 2021, and then there's like a whole bunch of numbered folders. And each of those numbered folders has another like 30 numbered folders inside of that. And there's like 20 numbered folders with 30 numbered folders. So there's like 400 fucking folders for you. It's impossible to find any sort of footage that you want to find just by putting your micro SD card on your system. Because nothing is named by the game. Nothing is named by the time. The only thing that it will tell you is the year. That's the only sort of information you will get. And there'll be like all these different folders like scattered all over the place so i was like okay fuck it i gotta put my put my old one in there and my old one had all these games before i got the terabyte card and it had a bunch of videos of pokemon snap on there and i was looking at my old captured pokemon snap videos and i was kind of like you know what i think i gave that game too much of a hard time like i think it was actually a pretty good game so i did kind of come around for it i thought about trying to do that as a patreon episode sometime talking about a game that like didn't hit us right the first time, or like maybe you expected something else, but then later you came around to it later and realized it was cool. Because I've had that happen before, where you like just you expect so much from a certain game or movie or whatever, and it doesn't hit that, and you hate it. But then maybe if you watch it later or you play it later, you can appreciate it because you're not as like hyped up or expecting it to be a certain thing. You can appreciate what it was.
0: I feel that, that way stuff. about uh, you know not to get too like off topic here, but that's how way I feel about certain like albums that come out so let's think like you know early whenever you're in your impressionable years maybe in college or whatever like a band you've been waiting for a new album forever comes out and to you at the time it sounds so different than the last album you're not sure of it at first and then maybe maybe either it'll grow on you eventually or you'll just say fuck it like they changed i don't like it anymore you know it's a very fickle thing but that's the music industry and that's how personal opinions work as well Um, But sometimes you'll go back to those albums like here's one that I'll say uh, uh, war all the time Thursday never really like super liked that album went back to it recently and just to listen to it and it was like this sounds like more of you know Thursday that I loved back then like at the time it sounded so radically different in a non appealing way and then going back to it later you're like well actually this this holds up I just wasn't ready for it yet Oh sure. so maybe a similar kind of thing with video games could be applied.
1: I've seen that where like you expect so much from a game, it doesn't hit there and you're disappointed with it. But then if you go back to it later and you just let the game be what it was, but, but you weren't yeah. expecting that, it can be better, you know, like that type of thing. And uh, yeah, as the album thing. I felt the exact same way, like of, you know, like how I thought about um, the uh, alkaline trio album, the fuck you Aurora one versus mm-hmm. uh, from here to infirmary. And I thought from here, infirmary was like the beginning of the downcline, but that album's much better than the other one before that. Mm-hmm. Like listening to both of them, I was like, wait, that album's way better than the one that came out before that. I don't know what I was even thinking at the time. And also I bought tickets to go see Thursday because they're playing right next to my house in January with, nice. cur- with cursive and Appleseed cast, which I thought was awesome.
0: Holy shit. That's a fucking dream lineup.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I don't know when I was at, uh, when I, when I was at, um, the Emporium the other night with Kevin, they were playing uh, over by, the, you know, they. I played my music in the back and they played different music in the front. And uh, in the front, when I was closing out my tab, they were playing a Thursday song, which I hadn't heard in years. And I couldn't, I didn't know who it was, but I was like, man, I know that song. And I looked up the lyrics and I'm like, oh, it's a fucking Thursday song. So I listened to like their like first album again that it was on. And I kind of was on Thursday for a second, but I just got a, I just randomly saw Cursive was playing. I was like, oh, right next to my house. I'll go, I'll go over there. Why not? Plus with those other bands too.
2: It was like cool.
0: I I don't remember who it was. I mean, there's a ton of different publications, obviously, but a Full Collapse was made was like recently like declared like the number one emo album of the early two thousands or something, or like the emo revival. It was like it was pretty good. It basically brought it to the mainstream really in a lot of ways. And we didn't know it at the time, but that's it had a lot of influence that you can still kind of feel today. Sure. Yeah, not that's th- music, not games.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say we got we got to get back on track because we do have a lot to go through here. Um, so my number ten game, which I kind of always thought this was going to be my number ten game, and then I said it wasn't for a while, but then it came back because it you just can't you just can't not have it on there because I always have to have my weird indie game every year at the end of, at the beginning of the list, and my number ten is Wrestling Empire for the okay. Nintendo Switch from Matt D- right. from Matt Dickey, which. I like that game a lot. I put I, I put a good thirty hours into that game, like right off the bat. Like I played the shit out you of it. You were
0: an ambassador for that game. You talked about it Definitely. all
1: the time. Oh, I was a big ambassador. And I always figured that Wrestling Empire was gonna be on my on my list. And I was going through my stuff and I was like, oh, I ran out. I was basically my main battle was between Dusk and uh Dusk and Wrestling Empire. which Dusk didn't make the list, unfortunately. Dusk is an incredible game. It's a doom style game, it plays really fucking well. It's fun as hell. But I think I have to give it to Wrestling Empire just because Wrestling Empire was made by one person, and it's just, like, it's the only good wrestling game, really, on the Switch. So, I mean, you got to give it and something The amount of that. effort
2: he put into that game is evident. Just look at the roster. It's huge.
1: Well, the roster's huge, like, and he's updated it so much. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's updated it, like, so many times, like, since it came out. Like, he keeps adding shit to it. And I played, I played it today a little bit, like just to try it again. I, and I already noticed a bunch of stuff that was there that wasn't there before. Like now, now it shows the ratings of all the different federations whenever you play it. It'll show like where you know where you where your show landed because you know you do a weekly show, and then you do a pay per view at the end of the month and all that.
2: It's and on com- sale right now too. I think it's only ten
1: bucks. Oh, you should buy it. You should have bought it with your list of other games. Both of you should have because it's. it's
0: totally I mean, I that. really enjoyed the demo. I played the hell out of the demo once. I, once you were like being an ambassador i like i played basically all i could do within the demo
1: well it gets it's, it's the, the sp- it's much more fun <laughs> without the demo <laughs> because the demo doesn't have the career mode and all that stuff like the career mode is what's great and i laughed out loud when i was playing it earlier because i had never seen this before i guess this is a new edition that wasn't on there when i was playing it before but sometimes they ask you to like try to sell products while you're wrestling so like the head of the federation like came up to me and he's like hey, uh, I want you to sell this hammer. I want I want this hammer to be your prop. And I want you to come out to the ring with this hammer and try to tell people to buy the hammer. And you can say, like, yes or no. And I said yes, because it was hilarious. And I come out with the hammer, and I'm like, hey, uh, this is a, this is the Home Depot hammer. Like, I, you know, it's changed my life. You need to go get one for $10. <laughs> then, And that's, like, what my character's doing. And one of the other wrestlers, like, calls me out as a sellout and attacks me and all that. And I'm like, this game's great. It's so much fun. Like, it's... It's silly. It has, like, so many wrestlers in there, like, kind of in there, but not really hidden, you know? Like, if you know the wrestlers, you know who they are. Like, Hulk Hogan's in there. Donald Trump's even in there. Uh, they they don't really hide it that well. Like, Chris Benoit's in there, and his name is Crispin Noir in the game. <laughs> so, it's like, you know, or like uh, what Cody Rhodes is, like, Coder is what his name is. And, yeah, like, the, if you know your wrestlers, you know who they are. And that was actually one of the most fun things that I did in that game was just going through and just changing all the wrestlers' names to what their actual names are, because you can rename all the wrestlers. So, like, Earthquake and Typhoon are in there, and you can call them Earthquake and Typhoon, and, you know, like, The Undertaker, and, like, Sid Vicious, or whatever, um, Sid Justice on there, but, and, like, uh, Sting, and there's different versions of the St- of Sting in there, and Macho Man, and all, you know, The Giant, and uh, Kevin Nash, and all these guys are in there.
0: Is Iron Sheik in there?
1: Oh, yeah. No, Iron Sheik's in there, of course. Like, they, there's a lot of classic people in there. There's some AEW people in there as well, like ones that. There's some that didn't carry over. Well, I guess everybody carried over from from w- WWE in some way, even at the very beginning. But, but no, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I never I never actually beat the game, but I played it played it hard for thirty hours, and I loved it. I still follow Matt Dickey on Twitter. I love reading all the stuff that he's been doing, and I'm definitely I want to play it some more. You know, I really wanted to jump back into it and just just kind of like, you know, get my ideas about it because I'm like because I always felt like it needed to be on the list and. For some reason, I thought I had more games on there than I actually did, so I thought I didn't have enough room for Dusk or Wrestling Empire, but then I was like, oh, wait, no, I only have nine, and I was like, you know what? I'm doing Wrestling Empire, because I was, I even talked about that game at Christmas to, to like, one of Jess's cousin's uh, husband, because he was, because I was wearing an AEW shirt, and he wanted to talk to me about wrestling, and I was like, hey, there's this game called uh, Wrestling Empire, you should play it, there's all this cool stuff you can do about it, and it must have talked about it for, like, a half hour, so I obviously still like it, you know, and. And I got him, he downloaded it on his phone because you can get it for free on there. It's like, try it out on your phone. He has a Switch. I'm like, play the demo. I'm like, you can do all this cool, like, manager stuff. And he's like, yeah, I like doing wrestling manager stuff. And I was like, yeah, you can do that. And I saw they added a mode now where you can just do manager stuff. You don't actually have to wrestle, you can just, like, plan matches and such. I haven't really fucked around with that, but there's two different career modes now on there. But yeah, no, it's it's really neat to just come back to it and see what they're doing. And yeah, Matt Dickey, you know, hats off to you because you do so much work. On these games, and I don't think it, I don't think that, that it gets the credit that it deserves. So I, I believe that it should be on the list for me, hundred percent. Wrestling Empire.
0: It'd be great if he had, you know, someone noticed and let him have the license and gave him some funding and said, make a make a great wrestling game with this budget. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's done yeah, so well maybe. with his shoestring budget. Well, he's has making an... into the
1: AEW team, making that AEW game. Well, I mean, that game's supposedly getting done by the guy who did the original 64 games, like the main director. They brought him into that, so they got because Kenny Omega, like one of the main wrestlers in AEW, is a huge is a huge video game person, and he actually reached out to the original director of those 64 wrestling games, and he is working on it, from what I've heard. So, I'd love to see
2: more footage of it, but I guess we'll see that next year. And number nine is a recent purchase. Got it about a month ago or so, I think. Sludge Life, that game is just, uh, it's like, it's more like, like an art piece or something, you know, it's, uh, I'm hesitant to call it a game just because it's more about you just go into this world and uh, look around at all the weird things and, it, you know, the style really stands out, it's, it, it's made to look like it's recorded on a VHS tape and that, that effect is done really, really well. It's just a strange thing. Like I think I talked about it on the show, where uh, one round one door, and and there's like a, a you're like in a dormitory on on this on this ship, and you open the door, and there's like a giant baby just filling up the entire room. It's that kind of game <laughs> where it's just just weirdness just all over the place. It. And I'm there for the weirdness. It's really cool. They say that I put about uh, only a, a little while into it, which I think I put about two hours into it, uh, maybe maybe three. It's one that I want to go back to again, just for the sheer style and weirdness of it, and it earned its place at number nine on my list. Sludgy,
0: yeah. You put a lot of uh, you're putting some screenshots of it in uh, the Slack. That's the one that had the poo poo in the toilet, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And there was the (laughs) guy who said the poo poo was so detailed,
2: looked real. The guy, the guy said, "Hey, did you check out that turd in the toilet down on the first floor?" (laughs) Then I went down to the first floor, and there was a turd in the toilet. Yep.
0: Man, that should be your number two.
2: You're right. Uh, Uh,
0: Well, my number nine, I think, would probably be higher on the list if it had not just released so recently. I think it kind of did itself a disservice by coming out when it did, but whatever. I mean, maybe they thought it would get crazy holiday sales and stuff. This game I've heard already on other podcasts and just in media in general. It's been getting a lot of Game of the Year nods across the board, so... I think I know this one. Yeah, for number nine, a game I've only had time to play for about three hours so far, and unfortunately, I haven't really played it at all this week. It's just been too busy with the holidays and stuff, but um, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Uh, this game is wonderful. It's not like anything else I've played. I mean, I did. I know I, when I talked about it on the show, I did compare it a bit to Garden Story, but I think that's just because it was kind of fresh in my mind, but, you know, it's an indie game that has its own thing going on, and, you know, you're basically going around in the world, but you're also like in a, in a a living coloring book that you can color and you can color everything. You can color the, you know, all the different parts of the landscape, including like moving things like bugs that are walking around and butterflies and stuff. And, uh, all the characters, including yourself, you can change whenever you change their hair color, their face, their clothes and, and, and the way you use your paintbrush. And it's got a very like intuitive kind of like dreams, on the, on the PS4 combined with maybe like a Mario paint or a, even an MS paint kind of feel to how, how it controls. And there's a lot of different options to make it accessible. And I don't think I really talked about the accessibility a lot on- um, Last week. On the show before, but yeah, there's just a ton of accessibility options. I think they went out of their way to make this game playable by, you know, a lot of different people with different abilities. So um, it just that alone, like one of the things that like, I really liked was like, how do you feel about, wet sounds and it's like don't like them they're great they're all right or something like that and it's literally like there's a bunch of like squishy wet sounds that happen and i guess that's a trigger for some people for whatever reason they can't it's kind Kindled, of like the sound of it, squishy. Yeah. It was sounded splo- kind of gross to me already. Kind of just, yeah,
1: like the moist. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. So
0: you can actually just turn that off. They're like, that's one of the accessibility features. Like, okay, well, you don't like squishy, wet sounds. We'll, we'll get rid of them. You that's know? Cool. So like, that's really cool that it's specifically rather than just be like game sounds, turn it down, game music, turn it up. It's like, no, let's just be like specific about these things that like people are. and, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm giving like Justice to to the level of accessibility features in this, like there's a lot to it. Not to mention all the different color uh, control methods and stuff with the different controllers you might have for your switch. So this game was definitely, I think, probably one of the reasons it took so long to come out was that they had to adapt it to the switch with sure. all the different you know control styles and stuff. But I really think you know I'm loving this game. It, it gives me a really warm, nice feeling. You know, with the music from Lena Rain. Uh, one of my favorite video game composers currently do who did the music for Celeste. The music alone is is, is worth the price of entry. Just to to hear that, in my opinion, um, because it just her music is just wonderful. Uh, so yeah, it's a great game. It's got a great you know style. It could be a bit bleak if you're not into the whole coloring aspect of it. You know, like if you don't like to just kind of to like uh, puts around and, and you color each screen. You might not have as much fun with it, but if you're into just kind of like, you know what? I don't feel like continuing this task. I'm just going to color this room in. Well, when you come back later, it, you know, it's it it stays the same. So you do kind of get a feel of an almost animal crossing, like control of what your world looks like. So, you, can you know, to a different it. extent. Right. It, it, it All worlds will be different, including like you can zoom in and do like a little bit more detail. Like if you wanted to put little text all over the place, little sayings and uh, quotes or whatever you wanted to do, you know, there's there's so much customization options in it, not just with the accessibility, but with the actual visuals. So it seems to have a pretty good story. It's it's not even like trying to hide the fact that it's about imposter syndrome you kind of get that very early on that like imposter syndrome is kind of up there and you kind of wonder if the creators haven't dealt with that to some extent. Maybe they thought, let's put this into a game. Let's get that out there. Let's, let's be honest with what it's like to be a creator. And so I love that they do that while also allowing you to be a creator within the game and kind of sort of gets like a sort of meta aspect to it in that regard. So yeah, chicory, a colorful tale, this game, I can't wait to to, you know, dig more into it and spend more time with it. And it's ideal to just sit with it and just don't rush. Just enjoy it because it's just it has so much depth to it if you just give it that time and and also that customization. Like you're gonna love going back to a room that you might have before been like, oh, I don't feel like going through all the effort of coloring this in. But you go back to that room later and it looks so cool. And you're like, I'm so glad I did this. You kind of, I kind of compare it to like when you clean your house up and you're like, Hey, it looks great in here. Like I did, I put this off for so long, but when I finally did it, like I love my living space. Like you kind of get that sort of chore element, which once again, kind of harkens back to Animal Crossing, but trickery, a colorful tale is definitely a game for anybody who loves any games who, who that are like honest, that might challenge you a little bit emotionally and that really just kind of give you that creative edge that you might not have in a lot of other stuff that's just kind of like churned out sequel after sequel. This game's a special thing and I highly recommend it. And it's my number nine.
1: It's also a good game for people who wish that the Wii had sequels because it's a, because it's a hundred percent Wii game or it feels like a Wii game. If you play it, could it,
0: it could have been a Wii.
1: If game. you play it on your switch with both joy cons, because it very much has pointer control. Like for I don't the think the Wii could have
0: handled it, but I could see it working on the Wii. I mean, it's like, control scheme.
1: I mean it's not that graphically. I mean it's a 2D indie game. But, but it I requires get... a
0: lot of RAM for what it does, I'm sure of it.
1: Oh, I don't know. I I mean it ran on the Switch,
0: so cuz of all the stuff that, that you're, you're keeping perpetual that you're changing.
1: Oh, I guess I guess keeping all the yeah, keeping all the stuff painted in all the worlds might not might have been something they weren't able to do. But it it, it mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of the uh Wii indies that you would see at the time. And mm-hmm. Chicory was actually on my list of games I wish I had more time to play because of Barely, barely scratched the surface of it, but I enjoyed what yeah, I. Yeah, this came out like less yeah.
0: than a month ago. Like it came out
1: like two weeks ago.
3: <laughs>
0: it's like mm-hmm. not
1: even, you know, it's it's barely even. It's just a baby. It's just a switch baby. And mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. Also, I don't like using motion control, even though this is probably the best the the mo- best motion control I've done. I still, it still just doesn't work great with my setup for whatever reason. It just, it just doesn't. You know, I have to, I have to constantly reset the center and all that. All right. My number nine, and I'm sure this game will be on your list at some point as well. But my number nine is Cruisin'.
0: Let's go Please. cruising.
1: Yeah, you know, cruising. Come on, we're cruising. Cruising blast is my number nine because cruising blast was a lot of fun. Uh, I only what played. Did you say
0: it-, it was a blast?
1: I only played it. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> it was more than a blast. It was an experience. Uh, I-, I played it. I only played it for about like 5 hours or so is what it says on my Nintendo Switch account, but those hours were joyous. I had a great time. I I remember when that game came out and I just like I just got it and I just played it all day and it was just I just was like grinning the whole time. It's so much fun. It's the kind of racing game that I like. It's like super over the top. Everything's exploding. There's always something happening at some point. There's either like giant dinosaurs or like UFOs or exploding trucks or whatever. Like every every level has its own Crippets. fun cool thing. That, that's that's happening it's you got you got the giant yetis which i that's one of my favorite levels with the fighting yetis and all that and where you like break the ice and then you go into this like beautiful jungle world like under the ice it's none of it makes sense but it's fucking fun as hell to play and uh i yeah it's it was definitely you know i'm huge into racing games this is definitely my number one racing game of the year like uh hands down i was like
2: it's the best arcade racer on the switch for sure yeah. i have um what's the other one that i have it, it's not uh uh, Are you talking about the um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I forget what it's called. The one the burnout, right? Burnout. burnout. Yeah, I got I got that one, and I didn't play that for even half as long. I think um, that's it, like it's okay, but you know, cruising is is the experience that I really wanted. Um, it's it's you know I've, I've said it for a couple of years, I think, on the show that I wanted a San Francisco Rush game on, on the Switch, and this qualifies. Like this is. What that n sixty four San Francisco rush game that I really liked so much um this is like the next evolution of that you you're flying two hundred feet up in the air and yeah do all kinds of crazy stunts and it's going it's just going like there's no you don't really break in this game you, you, you don't really come to a stop ever well, if. You're- if you, going if you, down, you're still going fast.
1: I was saying, and if you try to, the whole world breaks with you. So uh, yep. it's it's that much because everything like moves with you, which is really cool. Then another thing about San Francisco Rush is Eugene Jarvis actually said that this game was influenced by San Francisco Rush, so it was kind of like hmm. it is kind of like a sequel of sorts. I know it's not the same company, but you know, even though they were making games at the same time, the original Cruise and USA World Exotica and all that was the same right. time as as a San Francisco Rush. This is like inspiration for that later. And I, right. and I also have to – I can't say – can't go without saying just how incredible of a job they did porting it to the Switch. Like, they didn't – this is what really impressed me about it. Like, they didn't just take the arcade and just automatically just put it on there. Like, you have the arcade mode. But they like made they, they made different like they made it more of like a console game. There's like a whole bunch of different cups that you can play with different things in there. Given that they're all kind of the same races, but they still did enough to make them different, you know, through all the through all the different things. I just I love the attention to detail on that. And the amount of like keys that you can find in each level versus like upgrading the cars to like get new cars and all that and like all there's a shit ton of unlockable stuff. I felt like They were doing it, like, from a console perspective. Like, if they're not just going to throw it straight on there as the arcade, because if it's the arcade, you just play, like, four of the levels, and then you're done. They did it where they made it into, like, a whole complete console game with goals for you to do and, like, all this stuff for you to unlock extra shit. And it's just a lot of fun. It's what I want to do in a racing game. I want to unlock shit. And there's so much stuff to unlock in this game. So there's so many reasons for you to just keep going through it again. And I beat it on, like, almost every level except for the hardest difficulty, which I got, like, halfway through. So... I was gonna, you know, it was just fun. I was like, I was just going like level after level after level, like I would in Mario Kart, you know. And you would unlock all of these cool cars. Not even to mention that you can drive a fucking shark with a laser on its head, or <laughs> you can you can. do, There's like a unicorn. There's a triceratops. Mm-hmm. You could fly as a UFO. You can like, uh, you fire know, truck. yeah. There's a fire truck as well. There's just the 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 vehicles are stupid. Like they're stupid, ridiculous and i love that like that's what i want from a racing game i want like a fucking shark with a laser on its head i want to be able to p- race as that you know because why not that that's great or like the unicorn with wings or whatever it's just like that's cool and that's real and you can customize it and you can unlock like neon to go under your shark with a laser on its head just why who cares it's hilarious and funny you know so <laughs> yeah that's that that's what i love and it was so much fun just playing it just playing it on easy mode at the start and just like unlocking all this shit and all these different cars to upgrade and I was like, yeah, this is great. I love this game. I wish we remember- had a
0: chance to play the uh, Batman game at MGC. Oh yeah, the game, Batman racing game. Yeah, I always wanted to really play cool that game. It looked really cool. From uh, you know, we were able to kind of peep over some shoulders towards the end, and it was yeah, it looked fun. It looked really fun.
1: Yeah, that was another raw thrills game that they did. Which yeah, I'd, maybe they'll put that on Switch too. I know that recently he's. He's talked many times about bringing the original Cruisin' trilogy to Switch. He said now with the new uh, expansion pack stuff, he definitely wants to put it on there. I don't know who you know who he has to talk to for that, but I, I feel like he put, they I feel like they really put a lot of effort into making this game something special. Like it's not a port of the arcade; it's its own game. Like it feels like if you would have bought it as a cartridge for whatever system it came out with, this is what it would have been like because they. They changed it and added stuff to it. And I like that. I like that extra effort.
2: I think one thing that encapsulates what this game is about is when I went to show it to my nephew, I said, I said I've got this uh, great new game that I think you, you're going to love. Um I said, it's a racing game. He said, so wait a minute, but I like dinosaurs better than cars. You know, five-year-old mentality. Sure. It was either dinosaurs or cars. And then I showed him the game and the fact that you could be a dinosaur in the racing game just like blew his mind. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just kind of
1: goes back to your inner child here. Like I would love, I mean, who doesn't want to, who doesn't want a racing game with triceratops? I mean, I definitely want that.
2: number eight is corpse killer Going oh, back yeah. to my cheesy <laughs> love of uh forgot about that game <laughs> uh fmv games yep i was anticipating that from the moment they announced it and it kind of like it, it just sort of disappeared off the radar and then they're like oh it's coming out like next week and that was just such a great surprise go into this game knowing what you're getting right it's it's a cheesy sega cd fmv game and it's presented with a undeserving amount of love Like the guys who made this are the same ones who did um, the previous two, the the night trap and double switch. And I just I love that they're putting so much effort into these offbeat, largely forgotten FMV games. I I think there's something special about that in and of itself. Um, It's it's that's a little picture of an era, a little window in like 1994 when this was the future of video games. And it's just presented it with with just love and care and undeservingly so. Perhaps the game is not great, but it taken as a, a little a little bit of cheesiness from the mid '90s, this game can be enjoyed, and I, I certainly enjoyed it. Especially with the fact that you know it's a zombie game, and there's that extra camp factor because of that, and the fact that they're just zombies, like like literally just like cut out, like flying around the screen. It, it makes no sense. Uh, there's no scale to it. You'll have zombies that are huge and zombies that are tiny. It's just like somebody made a zombie screensaver and yeah. through these random <laughs> interactive images all over the place. It just defies logic as to why this game ever existed and doubly so that it ever came back now on the switch. So I, I, I love it for that. Number eight, corpse killer. Killing corpses. What do you got for number eight?
0: Well, for number eight, who would have known? Back from the dead again, Tetris. Tetris is here to get back into my list yet again, and this this Tetris effect connected.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought game that I, I was a little. Would, or both of you would have that on there.
0: A little leery about buying initially because I didn't really understand completely what it was, and I'd always heard it was this you know VR experience, especially from John. I think talking about it early on like. So I kind of was expecting to be disappointed with the port of it. But once I got into it, and I have, I've barely scratched the surface of what this game has to offer. But once I got into it, I was like, this is, it's, it's its own thing. Like, and it's great. But Tetris is just, uh, it's got its, it's, it's, it's a genre, you know, like Tetris itself is a genre, not puzzle games, but Tetris is a genre. And so this kind of proves that Um, Tetris Effect Connected is a wonderful game that I showed my partner. And she liked it. I think she might have liked it more than me. I think she might have actually played it more than me. So it shows on my Switch that I played this about five, well, it says five hours plus, but I know that we've played between our two profiles, doing multiplayer, and then also each of us doing, you know, the modes through it and stuff. So I have a feeling on my Switch, it's probably more like 10 plus hours that we played of this. And uh, we still go back to 99 to get those themes and stuff. And 99 holds a special place in my heart. But the appearance of Tetris Effect Connected this year is kind of like started to topple it, as you know, that is the 99 is the be all of Tetris because this offers something different that I really like. And um, we played a little bit of the online stuff, a little bit of the multiplayer, and that was fun, like being able to do local multiplayer and do uh, the mode where I can't remember what it's called, but where you're like all all the screens merged together versus one that was cool where you're like taking turns and it almost becomes like a rhythm game where you're like timing your moves between each other. Cause each of you can only do one move at a time and you kind of like lay your piece out ahead of time so they can see and they don't go into your spot. There's a lot of depth to this game and I, I'm perpetually amazed by how much they can squeeze out of Tetris nearly what we're got. We got to be getting close to 40 years. I mean, it came out in 85. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. on the mainframe, this game still like, Continues to be relevant and continues to they still do stuff to it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much you can do with it, and everybody knows Tetris at this point. I, yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to talk to anyone that didn't know what Tetris was because you know, maybe like 10 years ago, you'd have been like, Well, my 70 year old grandma doesn't know what Tetris is. Well, everybody gets older. I think your 70 year old grandma now probably knows what Tetris is because she was like 40 when it came out, or 30, you know, like you know, I mean, like maybe not 30, but it's been around that long and it's been that predominant in culture and it's got so much richness to it and what's been done to it. And so Tetris Effect Connected, I mean, without even like going into extreme detail with how that game works, it's just, it's a great game. And uh, definitely a game I love playing with, you know, my partner. Like it's something we can just chill and play. And at any point in time, we're like, well, do you want to play 99 or do you want to play Connected? Like it's not just, do you want to play Tetris? Now we have to decide which of the two. Which is like Yeah. Playing and so i think that's i mean that that's high praise in my opinion that it's not necessarily anywhere near toppling 99 as being my fa- favorite tetris game but it's pushed its way up to i mean i don't include tetris attack because that's not tetris but i do put it up there with uh a lot of my favorite puzzle games because of just how immersive it is in spite of not being vr like It really pulls you in with the music and the the sound effects and the, uh, and the different, once you like, you know, once you get the, uh, the effectability and and you're using that to kind of like charge up your attacks and stuff, that's really fun too. So I highly recommend Tetris effect to anybody who likes Tetris, like download Tetris effect connected on your switch. I don't think you'll regret it. If you have a nice big TV, especially because there's a lot going on, you can zoom in and out on the screen, but I think this, this uh game would benefit from a, a you know a nice big screen especially if you're playing multiplayer.
2: Yeah, turn off the lights, turn up the sound. It's an immersive experience like the visuals and the music. Yeah, I think there's enough in there like if, if, there's enough there's enough to the gameplay with with the, the added um uh what do they call that like a focus mode or whatever it's called. Yeah, like freeze mode uh, thing.
0: It's basically yeah. bullet time but in Tetris
2: there's enough with with that Block and with the, with the, the <laughs> multiplayer game that they added in there like if if the visuals and 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 the sounds w- weren't a part of it i think that it would be a worthwhile enough experience but the fact that they just they put in these amazing visuals and this amazing music just like it does take it to another level it's um, one of the more meditative meditative experiences tetris already being a meditative experience itself just having those visuals and that music in there just it can really bring you to another plane if you let it. That's what I appreciate so much about that game. And actually, I think I, I would call this my favorite version of Tetris Whoa. ever. I was really that impressed by it.
0: So, yeah, it's the only game I know of on the Switch, at least, that says, hey, put on headphones to play this like for the best experience. And yep. the Bluetooth got brought to the Switch this year. Bluetooth audio got brought to the Switch this year after five years. <laughs> specifically,
1: five years. specifically for uh, Tetris Effect, right? I that's, mean, the timing
0: really yeah. seemed that
1: way. That's that's. Um, yeah.
0: I, I will say, my experience with it is, if you're going to use a Bluetooth headphones, have your controller plugged in to the Switch, like have like the USB cord going into the the dock, because oh yeah, that it yeah. it did seem like it eliminated the lag. But I had like more lag issues if I was using Bluetooth headphones and trying to play Tetris Effect with a Bluetooth controller. Yeah. i don't think everybody's had that experience but that was mine so when i play it i keep it plugged in with it you know i'm using the 8-bit Doe pro and i'm like i got that plugged into the switch dock while i'm doing it but i will oftentimes wear these and if we're doing multiplayer you know we just have it on the tv and it still sounds great but you're not going to get that immersive feeling that you get from the headphones and the the big screen in front of you and it really does like I've talked about Tetris Brain a lot on this podcast, but when you add the sound element to it and how everything's coordinating together, it really, like John said, really does take you to a different plane. It's like Tetris plus music game. Really, like combine the the zen of Tetris with the zen of a music game, and you get a pretty winning formula. Of that it was my eighth best game this year. So yeah, this is a good year because this is a great game, and it's only on number eight.
1: Yeah, it's it's at the bottom. Uh, yeah, no, exactly what Jeremy was saying about the Bluetooth thing. I the same thing happens to me, but well, I haven't tried plugging my controller into the dock, but as long as my joy cons are connected to the switch, the Bluetooth is great. But once I disconnect them, the controllers get all fucked up. So it's, that's what happens to me, but it's really fun. Like with the OLED, I've actually been playing a lot of it handheld now and playing it handheld with the Bluetooth headphones is great. Like I was playing, uh, mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy. I love that. Like the other day, I played like three hours just in handheld mode. Cause I wanted to know what it felt like in handheld mode and it looks great. And it sounds great. I'm listening to it through the headphones on the Bluetooth and all that. And everything's all, you know, the control's not off and it's great. But speaking of, uh, things that never go away that you, that your 70 year old grandma might know about or not know about, uh, my, my, uh, number eight is surprise, surprise Mario party superstars coming in, coming in at number eight, the, uh, Mario Party Superstars finally gave me the present that I've been asking about for years. I've talked about it before on this show. Ever since Nintendo had internet, I've wanted them to make a Mario Party online game, and we finally got one, and it's called Mario Party Superstars. And it is kind of a remake of sorts because they took they took all of the uh, the best games out of uh, Mario Party one through ten and stuck the <laughs> mini games in there. And uh, there's five different boards from Mario Party one, two, and three on the sixty four. So you have that, and it's been a lot of fun. I've still been playing it. I put 24, 25 hours into it so far. Uh, I made it to the credits on that one. So that's one that I beat, whatever, quote-unquote. There's no single-player mode because it has online now. But you don't need it because now you can play against random people online in a ranked mode of sorts, and it's a lot of fun. I'm just hoping that they uh, support, you know, give it some DLC in the future. I know they, they data-mined it and said that there was the possibility of new boards getting added, but even not, the stuff on there is a shit ton of fun to play and it's been I'm still playing it. I'm still playing it. Jess and I play it with her with her brother and his wife and it's a it's a great game. It's it was it was bound from my list at some point and uh it ended up at number eight. There it is. Mario Party, oh, they added Mario added the, Party Superstars.
0: Uh, yeah, this year they added the uh, online connectivity to it's a, Super Mario Party, the regular one, yeah. And it kinda, you know it kind of did set the stage for what this would be like, but I've only played it because I played it with you at MGC with mate and Kate. And uh,
1: that was the only time yeah. we, we had a full four person in the room, Mario party of but this it year. Fun. I mean, that's the only time I've done that, you know, because you're not really, we're not really hanging out with people because of COVID and all that. But mm. that was always my favorite way to play Mario party was four people in the same room. You know, it's nice that you can play it online, but it's really great to just play it in the same room with people and just you know, it's cool. You can use a 64 controller for it now and all that stuff, even though yep. it doesn't fully work, but you can still win with it because Jeremy did. So, <laughs> so yeah. there you go.
0: Yeah, I've definitely got my eye on it. I think it it's something I'll purchase whenever it goes on sale or maybe even before that, maybe I'll get, buy a physical copy on eBay or something, a used copy. Um, but I like it, so I support it on your list. I just don't own it.
3: Yeah,
1: it's a great game. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mario Party stan. I've loved Mario Party for years. But I, re- I like that I can finally play against other people who are better at Mario Party than me and get my ass handed to me by by people I don't know. <laughs> but I can send stickers about it, which is pretty hilarious. But, mm-hmm. you know, that game that game's tons of fun. Like just, like I guess, anybody who has it, like I say, play play online multiplayer by yourself. It's so much fun. It reminds me of uh, of like Triforce Heroes, where you would just like throw stickers at each other to try to tell each other what to do, and just the conversations that you have in game with the stickers—it's just funny. Like it's it's a it's it's a blast. Like I had a, I had a lot of fun just playing people I didn't know, just because you know I, I know that they're trying to talk to me, and it, and it's funny and it's cool to. Like I said online—that's all I wanted. Online Mario Party number eight. Moving on to seven. What do you got, John?
2: I got three games. Grand Theft Auto, the uh, Trilogy Definitive what? Edition, Cheater. number seven.
1: No, yeah, no, they're all in one thing, so there
2: you go. I knew that would yes. be on the list somewhere. Yeah, forget what everybody else is saying. You know, of course, there are problems with the game, but if you want to have fun with it, you can. If you want Grand Theft Auto on the Switch, if you want Grand Theft Auto on the Switch, it's here right now. Buy it. I think it's on sale for $42 right now, right? 42 or 47 I thought it was 47 like that. But But uh, yeah, it's well worth it. You can... They they've patched a bunch of the problems out. I think it's worth getting right now if you want it. Yeah, they, are, it they
1: already yeah they already fixed it somewhat. Like they've already done an update. Just because so many people are angry done a couple. About it, so. yeah, they've done like
2: three. Yep.
1: Yeah. So they're so they're 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 getting there. But yeah, I mean, it's for if you like those games. I mean, they're there. You can you can play them.
2: I played twenty three hours so far. That's uh, twenty of San Andreas, two of Vice City, and about an hour of uh, Number Three. Nice. GTA I knew that'd be in there somewhere on your list
0: yeah I figured as much Number you seven. had good things to say about it yeah uh my number, number four, seven four. yeah I want this I'm gonna buy it when maybe not I'm not right at that price point $30 is my magic price point for yeah I want it
1: like 30 or 20 us. or let me just buy like one of them for, at, at 10 or something like that
0: if they piecemealed them I probably already would have spent 40 bucks on it by now
1: if you could piecemeal maybe I'd buy one and try it out lots of other stuff to play
0: well, I'm going to be the nerd with the first overlap. uh Oh, it's been it's been a pretty good
1: list so far. What, what yeah. do we What do we got? Who's our first to uh, repeat?
0: My first overlap is Cruising Blast. Cruising, and-
1: yeah. <laughs> I figured we'd <laughs> we'd all overlap on that one in some way, but it's a great game. Whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean o- overlap, pun intended, because you do laps in it. But uh, no, you actually don't. You, don't.
1: you don't. There are no laps. You just that's another thing I like about it. You go from beginning to end. No laps. I like I like those kind of races. Those were I've my, only favorite, played... my favorite Mario Kart races, were like that the one where you where they're different, like Wario's, like Wario's Mountain. And there was one on the 3DS one where you go through Woohoo Island where there's no laps. Mm.
0: you just go there's a the ski slope one, the, yeah. But for this one, um, I had a slightly different experience than Trey because I had played it a little bit at MGC, you know, when I was hanging out with them. And then at you know, I hung out at your apartment a little bit because I crashed at your house and was able to play a little bit of the single player. I came home and downloaded it not long after because it went on sale, and uh, I was like, "Hey, do you want to try this new racing game, Shauna?" And she's like, "Sure, let's play some some of this game." And we played cooperative, and it's just like Mario Kart where you can earn the trophies and stuff. Like with two players, play on one file, so that was super fun. Like you know, you also kind of like you know, well if I'm if I'm in first place, don't pass me, blah blah, blah like that kind of thing. Like this sort of like little um sort of a, a, a packs you make when you're playing multiplayer locally so yeah we had a lot of fun with it and got through to i think we did everything on like the easy difficulty and we've unlocked most of the the, the character or most of the extra cars and stuff last car we unlocked was the uh, dinosaur so i don't know if there's a whole lot left but uh we haven't gone back to it unfortunately but i i had to say like i love cruising and blast and i and i was just extremely surprised that it had the multiplayer element, like where you could do cooperative, especially because this that makes these kind of games so much more fun because it takes just a little bit of the of the uh, the edge off. If you know, well, there's two of you competing, but you're not re- you're on a team. So if you're if you like make a pact, then you can still like kind of like knock down the the, you know the score of third fourth place and stuff as long as you keep the computers below you that you could still snag that trophy so it's just got that classic mario kart feel in that regard but at the same time looks fantastic in in a split screen and it's just a you know chaotic and flashy and just fun in all the right ways like this is just pure unadulterated fun in a racing form So cruising blast is up there for sure.
1: It's on sale. It's like selling for $20 right now until the first. And that's, I think 20 bucks is, that's a great price for this. Like I was fine with paying 40 for it, but $20, that's awesome. Like it's totally worth that. So anybody who's listening to this before Saturday, it's on sale, or I guess it it might go till Sunday. Cause yeah, it says sale ends on the first. So it might not end till the end of the first, but that's a great deal. Like 1999, I think everybody who doesn't have it should get it for that. Like that's. I think that's a steal for what they're offering you. So,
2: absolutely, do
1: it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my number seven.
1: All right, so number seven uh, kind of sounds like the last one that I that I said is number eight, but and this one made it above that one, believe it or not. But my number seven is Mario Golf Super Rush. I'm also the stand for this game because I feel like it got, I feel like people judged it too early because they. The, the thing I love about this game is they just keep adding shit to it, and it's and that's what I want. Like that's what I want is them to keep adding stuff for me to come back and play it. And I've put I've put like a good like fifty hours into this game so far. It says fifty hours or more. It's changed colors. You know where it changes to green when you get past a certain point. It's funny because there's so many modes I don't like in this game, but but just the regular slow ass golf, as I call it, is is fun. It's very fun. Like there was a single player mode, which was ho hum, whatever there's the like battle mode that's whatever and there's the speed of golf that's whatever but the actual regular golf is great and now that they've added ranked mode they added a bunch of different uh, they added a bunch of courses like for free they added a bunch of characters for free you can you can golf as wiggler now which is awesome like who doesn't want to golf as wiggler wiggler's awesome And, and like, they have the monthly thing where you get to unlock a new skin, even though the last one was so silly, you get to unlock Mario in his regular overalls. That was, like, what the new skin was. But whatever. It brings me back playing it. And I've had a lot of fun online. It's been fun to play with people online. And it's great. I just, I had to put it higher than Mario, than Mario Party Superstars, just because I've played more of it. And I just keep playing it. Like, I keep coming back to play it every month because it's fun. Like, I just can't. I can't stop. Like I wasn't, there was not never like, I'm just I'm not going to play that anymore. It's like, no, but then there's new, there's new levels and new characters. There's, you know, you can unlock like special clubs for everybody. If you play, play with them long enough. And, and there's all the different, uh, super moves that you can do and the online and the ranked and all that. And it's just, I just keep playing it and I keep having a great time with it. And it's, uh, yeah. Mario golf, super rush. It's not a bad game that everybody was wrong. That said that I think it's a wonderful game. It's fun. It's fun to play, and I had a great time playing it online as well. When we did right when it right when it happened, and and I beat it in Abu Dhabi. It was one of those games that helped me get through that experience. So I think I beat I beat most of it on the train on the plane, and then I beat the rest of it in bed when I finally finally made it to to my hotel room like twenty hours after I had gotten to the airport. But yeah, it's a fun game. I like it, and I like and I and I love the support that Nintendo has done for it. And I beat it. I beat the single player. So there you go.
2: Will you want my number six? Sure. Well, say no more. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's say no more. Was that
1: this year? I guess it was. Yeah, I forget. It was this year. It's it a was long year. It's a very long year. Yeah.
2: It's yeah, more like say no
0: more.
1: The way the title is with the
2: exclamation. Yes.
1: I thought it was like, say no more. Like, no.
2: Emphatically, <laughs> 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 say yeah. no more. Yes, yeah. that's true. I loved this game. Uh, it's another one of those just really brief in and out experiences. Doesn't waste a moment and knows exactly what it is and does it really, really well. Now, the switch says I played two uh, two hours. You're a lowly intern at an office. You start out, you can't say anything. You just you hit a button and and, and you just go, but you get interrupted all the time. Then you happen upon this cassette tape that somebody left at your office, the previous intern, I guess. And the instructor on the cassette tape, it's like a motivational cassette tape, and the guy is like a like a your stereotypical eighties fitness instructor, and he's telling you how you can improve your life by learning just one word no, and then it goes from there, and it's a game where you just hit one button and you say no" throughout the whole game. There's different variations on it. you can um tilt the control stick to say no" in different ways or um you can say no sarcastically, you could say no." um you know emphatically uh, 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 it's an on-rails knower is what i can call it you're walking through the story and you're just saying no at opportune moments and watching the funny reactions happen it's so good it's just a pure simple experience and on top of that it has some really good progressive messages especially around the the workplace and having a good work-life balance and
1: workers rights and unions and such and not yeah exactly they, your employees like shit
2: they talk about unions and there's some good funny lines in there about that and there's a whole parody you know that show um well i don't want to say anymore because i might give away something story-wise but uh yeah there's, there's good representation there for for lgbtq it, it's just a, a, a story I, I wasn't expecting it to be as deep as it ended up being and resonant as it ended up being for such a cartoony colorful fun looking game it actually has some something interesting and impactful to say and it does it all in a, a short time like like which amplifies the message even more it just gets in gets out leaves you with a good impression a good message and it's funny all the way through the writing is top-notch um it's so good that like uh, my nephew whenever i bring my switch over he says i want to play the no game yeah. calls it the no game I mean and, uh, it, it, we playing, it is. He's right. It is the no game. It's the no game. And last time we were playing it, uh, my sister walked in the room. She was, oh, what's this show? Like it, it looks so good. She thought it was a TV show as she was watching it. She thought it was like something professional. Um, yeah, you know, like a just regular cartoon show. It, it, the presentation is top notch. Uh I think it's six dollars right now on sale. I could be not eight dollars. Well worth it. Um, I got it for fifteen. I would have been happy paying twenty dollars for it. I thought it was just such a great quality experience. I recommend it to everybody.
1: It sounded like a lot of fun when you were when you were talking about it.
2: It's really fun. Really funny.
0: It's kind of funny. The game probably wouldn't want you to buy it.
1: <laughs> it would say True. no to you. It wants you to learn how to say no. It, it wants you to. It wants you to learn how to say no to boredom by playing the game. Yeah, that's what it
0: wants. And to the status quo
1: and say no to. Uh, yeah, to abuse and all this stuff it's on sale till the 7th so you got some time so it is on sale to january 7th it's 40 percent off it's year. 8.99 right now so i put a little mark on that one maybe i'll take the plunge
0: well my number six i guess i'm gonna be that guy uh-oh repeating stuff
1: uh-oh
0: yeah mario golf
1: yeah <laughs> you're you're you like it super too. rush
0: i do like it you like Um, it too
1: you got one you're one spot ahead of me actually i thought that i was the one that was going to put golf higher i don't know
0: well here's the thing i do use my you know i'm i'm I'm, i look at the time i spent on it which i spent over 25 hours on it Um, especially early on the multiplayer we were doing but it's just like it's a solid golf game and um the single player did offer enough challenge to where i stuck with it in fact like you said you finished it in Abu Dhabi. And I felt inclined that, you know, I was feeling a little competitive with you to like also finish the single player around the same time. So I, I think we did complete it in the same week. And the bosses were kind of cool. I don't know. They kind of ended up being sort of the same thing, like in certain regards. But I did like the bosses. Uh, and then just the whole like the weird story of Wario and uh, Waluigi kind of like trying to cause trouble and you're catching up with them and preventing them from solving the puzzles or getting the treasure or whatever, you know, it had a a charming story mode. It wasn't anything like, you know, advanced tour, which we were all hoping for with the RPG elements, I think. Yeah. But, um, it was still cool. And, you know, ultimately like you like trey was saying they continue to support it they they added the ranked mode and they added like new courses and stuff which just also. Add new like huge courses like they were like well here here's new donk city and it's like a part it's all part two or part three or whatever it was like all the courses are really really short and also the ground they like you know everything's super bouncy because it's concrete you know yeah so They did a really good job with incorporating other stuff into it with the the bonus courses and uh, the stuff they added. And then I haven't actually gone back to this game in a while, but as far as golf, you know, 3 especially 3D golf games go on the Switch. It's the best one that I played, and I could go back to it whenever I feel, and, you know, and have fun with it.
1: You, you Um, You should definitely go back and play the final course that they put on there where everybody's face is on the, like, green is on the golf course. Yeah that one's great and incredibly hard at the same time. Like I def I recommend you should play that. Cause like, okay. I don't, I don't want people to think that like all of the courses that were added were short because that's not true at all. Like some, like, I think what is it? Uh, the, the, the shell top one and the new Donk city are the ones that are part threes, but everything else is like rather large. Like the stuff that they added on there, especially the final course is like, is like the final course. Like it, it feels, it feels like it, but it's like everybody's face is on, on all the court, all the different holes. And it's hard. But I like it, and it's very long. Like a lot of them are very far away. The the holes are, but yeah, the added the added stuff is really cool, and all the characters are great too. Like Wiggler, who who would have thought he'd be on there? I'm glad he's there. And we finally found out what uh what ninji's nipples were. They're actually buttons, actually giant buttons, and not yep. nipples. He's and wearing he's all, overalls too, and he's all and, and he's also wearing like some sort of sex suit or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know no ninjas into but we 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 finally know we know about the weird ever stuff. since
0: mario 2 i've been wondering about those little nip nips yeah you've been yeah wondering. mario golf i had to throw it on here because a big a big reason for that was like mario tennis like i don't know it kind of fell off for me and i know a lot of people stuck with it and really enjoyed what i had to offer and especially the demo they gave us for mario tennis like it was it was a fantastic demo and had multiplayer and stuff on it so like it offered a lot just as a free demo and then when the game came out the
1: tournament mode and all that
0: too it was a little yeah it was a little a little lackluster in my opinion yeah there was a lot to it but i don't think mario golf disappointed me quite the same way i think mario golf was great it kind of came out of left field they threw those rpg elements in it which were you know give it or give or take i don't know like i'm glad they were there but Obviously they could have done better, but it was a cool story and it, it kept me pushing forward and I mean I remember, you know, it was one of the episodes that I that John and I did while you were out of the country tray where I was like, you know, just like ecstatic that I'd finally finished the adventure mode and I had been able to like actually play the boss the bosses and stuff. So yeah, Mario Golf was a great game and I'm glad that I got it and I played it this year. That was my number six. I th-
1: I think the thing with tennis was uh was that I just don't really like playing tennis that much, I guess. And I thought it was really hard. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't beat the single player because there were so many hard levels on there. And I was, and I just got stuck really easy. And but I'm glad that they treated golf like they did tennis, where they kept adding stuff to it. I just was not that good at tennis, so it was, it, I didn't enjoy playing it as much as I do Mario Golf. But speaking of uh, being in Abu Dhabi, my next game is the game that. Well, I mean, part it's I guess. There's another one that I played a lot in Abu Dhabi that's not on this list because I already played it before, but this is the other one that I also played a lot in Abu Dhabi. Like I don't, on my first day off, I played this all day and it was great. And it is coming in at number six is Ease Nine Monstrum Nox. You knew that Ease was going to be on the list somewhere. There's no way that they could not be on there. So there you go, Ease number nine, another wonderful Ease game. And I was thinking, uh, I was thinking the other day, ever since Ease Eight came out, we've had an Ease game every year on the Switch and. That's cool. I'm into that. I hope they continue doing that. Keep releasing a new ease game every year, and they've been, and they've been on my list every time. Ease eight, ease origin, ease nine. Now have always been, have been in my top ten list. And ease nine is a uh, more of the same that you have in eight, but it doesn't feel. It feels like not as good as eight because I felt like the way that eight was built like made sense with the, with like the island, the deserted island that they're on, and all that stuff. And now you're stuck in a town, but there is some really cool like a. Uh, Batman type stuff. There's stuff you can do in there that you can do in a Saints Row. Like you can climb, you can you can run up walls. You know, you can like kind of like do like sort of a um, sort of like a hooch hook shot type thing where you can like automatically jump to different parts of the buildings and all that. And and you can you know you can float. You can you have these big wings that come out and you kind of like you know dive down like Batman would and all that. And and you're the Monstrums, which are kind of like their own superheroes in their own way. And what's great about ease games is there's always some sort of weird extra bonus thing you can get for getting it where you can put little dolls on your arms or you can make your sword be like like my sword is a shish kebab of of of, uh hamburgers like just stuck on (laughs) stuck on the sword that adult sword is or like one of the characters fights with like a giant like a, a giant like um it's it's like a it's like a cream sandwich or something like a donut type thing like that you fight that's what she fights with and other guy uses the um, uses like green onions to fight for his swords. Like these are things that you can unlock to make your characters look silly, and all that stuff. And and one person has like a giant lollipop that they hit people with, and it's fun and ridiculous. And I love these games. Soundtracks kick ass. Like the control, like the way you play the game is great. It's action RPG to a T. It's got a witch time, as I would call it, where if you dodge something at the right time, it slows everything down. You know, much like Bayonetta and stuff like that. But Ease Nine, yeah, that was I, I played that a lot when I was in Abu Dhabi before I got, you know, Skyward Sword, of course, which I played that for the most part. After that, but I played Ease Nine on the plane. And once I had once I had slept enough and could actually like think right again, I just laid in bed and played Ease Nine like all day. When I found out I didn't have to do anything that first day. I was just like I'm going to order room service and play Ease 9 and it was great. It really helped me get through that. And it's still great. I uh, when I was starting to play, I started to play some of these games to try to do the list again. And I just Ease 9 was just the one I kept playing because I just kept going back to and it. it was just so much fun. And I and it's great to play it like with the headphones on cuz the soundtracks are always like so baller, so it's like yeah, you just want to rock out to that shit. Just like cuz it's all it's all like, you know, butt metal like super like guitar stuff and all that. It's it's great. I love it. Like it's a uh, those games are awesome, and like, there's there's a big Ease anniversary coming up next year. I know I don't think we ever mentioned it, but in the news, they're actually moving the development of the games. They're not going to have a separate company doing the ports anymore. Now they're going to do it on their own, which may mean that they're going to start doing Switch exclusive stuff and all that. So I'm excited for the future of E's. But I didn't beat this game. I put uh, 25 hours or more into it, according to the Nintendo. But I would like to beat it. I know I'm halfway through. I know that because I looked at the chapters while I was playing it, but I'm hoping to play more of it whenever I'm done with this. Number five.
2: My number five is one we can cruise and blast right through. We haven't talked about this one before, have we? <laughs> number cruise three. Cruise and blast. Yep. I don't really have anything else to add beyond what was already said about that. So yeah, number five, cruise and blast. It's a good game. Here we. Are- John
0: also enjoyed cruise and blast. You mostly
2: play that single player, right? Mostly single player, correct. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I figured that one would be on all on, on our list in some way, which means that it might have, you know, might have a decent amount of points because we all kind of got it, you know, got in some spots. I, don't, I know there's a couple that are going to be on you guys' list that might have more, depending where you're at. But what's your number five?
0: Well, my number five is probably not on either of your lists because I don't think you guys play this game at all. But I loved it, Garden Story.
1: There it is. Garden of my... Story
0: made it onto my list. I said initially I didn't know if it would. But I played all the way through this game. I played over twenty hours, and it's just like it's a game that kind of throws a lot at you initially. But once you get into the loop of it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, you know, you just kind of learn how to upgrade your character and upgrade your uh, abilities. And in this game, like uh, your healing spells are based on dew, which is kind of the currency of the whole world and kind of how the whole world functions. Is the is the dew that co- collects because your vegetables you know, vegetables and fruits that, that exist. And so you're playing as a Concord, the grape. You're the new guardian. And and I, uh, I had compared this a little bit to my experience with Chicory, where you kind of are the new guardian, just like kind of happens in Chicory, where like the main character that you're playing becomes the new guardian. So there's some parallels there. But what I really liked about Garden Story was it's got like a big perpetual map and you're going all over it and you get these tasks daily tasks and you have a certain amount of time to complete them before the day ends so there's a day night cycle and the enemies get harder at night it just uh after a while you just kind of get into the loop of it and it has on almost stardew valley kind of feel because you start planting crops and 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 watering them and, and and harvesting them and if you're willing to put in the time garden story has a lot of richness to it and the bosses are fairly challenging especially you have to go through them a second time and they're harder than before and uh, there's just a lot to it and then there's just a lot of really somber stuff as well because death is inevitable in life and especially in in kind of a garden sense like you got to think like the soil's not made out of dead material so They don't really kind of hit it at that angle, but it kind of, you know, he's got a whole circle of life thing going. And um, there is a character who basically has, you know, without giving too much away, this character basically gives up their life to keep things going. But what you thought were the bad guys, maybe they're not the bad guys. It might throw a little twist at you as well, as far as like maybe like a Shadow of the Colossus kind of feel. Um, So this game has a lot of depth to it in spite of being like a really cute, like, you know, top down vegetable, I guess, like a resource management RPG. But I had a great time with it, and I felt compelled to finish it once I put a little bit of time in. Once I kind of got into the gameplay loop, you know, the music's great. The gameplay loop is very relaxing and nice. You rarely feel stressed until you get to the bosses and the dungeons and stuff. But that's okay, because you know what you're getting into when you enter a dungeon. And the story is very there's a lot of depth to it. You could kind of like dig into it and maybe like extrapolate like a huge, like parable about taking care of the earth. Or you could just kind of look at it and be like, this is nuts. Like what's up with this, you know, this plum that can't walk anymore. And I have to like help him out. Like, well, he's just so, so tired from like protecting things by himself for so long. So now I'm like picking up the reins, but it's a plum and I'm a grape, you know, like, is he a prune now? Am I a raisin? I don't know. These are the kind of questions that arise when you're playing and, uh, and playing Garden Story. But I loved it and it was a great game. And it, it it continues after you complete it. Like you can just keep playing it ad infinitum if you want to like get a bunch of money or you want to go around upgrade everything. And I could have done that, but I didn't. You know, I saw credits and I kinda sort of like dropped it then. But yeah, I played over 20 hours of it. And It wasn't that I think it was a fifteen dollars game. I bought it full price, and as far as indies go, it's one of my favorites that I played this year. Obviously, at number five, so Garden Story. I recommend that game for anybody that likes a somewhat environmentally conscious resource management RPG.
1: You can play as a grape. Yeah, that's all I remember. (laughs) It's cute grape, and also I I know you really you're a silent you're a
0: silent protagonist, so that's kind of got a Zelda edge to it too. Because it's definitely an action RPG and sense of everything's in real time, but you are managing a lot of stats and stuff. Not a lot, but you're kind of like, you know, leveling different things up to make your future runs a little easier.
1: Well, my number five is, uh, has a protagonist that is definitely not quiet. That's for sure. Uh, he will tell you all sorts of things. My number five is no more heroes three, the ultimate end of the trilogy for Travis touchdown, which I liked these games a lot. I liked No More Heroes one and two. I played through both of them before this came out, and No More Heroes three was a fucking blast from the beginning to end. It's fucking weird. It's super over the top. It's overly bloody. Like it's it never it's it's always like a hundred percent whatever it wants to be, and I love that about it. It's 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 weird. It's it's there's so many different genres in there. There's a part where you're like doing like a horror game, playing like a first person horror game where you're going from like a classroom to classroom you know with all these like freaky mannequins doing stuff and there's like a there's like a visual novel that you can find within the open world to find to, to like that has its own story going on in there not to mention there's a level that's an RPG where you basically pretty much makes fun of like Final Fantasy VII and stuff like that there's a part where you try to summon the Knights in the round and they say that they're just not around anymore they just they're they' they're on <laughs> vacation or something and it's 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 just I mean, spoilers. I don't know. I don't well, have like, to. Get no, into
0: it's this. not around. I was
1: gonna say I don't need don't need to get into the don't get into the spoilers, but they definitely reference a major Nintendo title in the end of the game, which just had me. I really got a kick out of that, like the way it ends. I was like, "That's fucking cool!" Like, I'm glad that you did that, and you did it so well. It's it was just a joy to play. I feel I feel like this was had the best battle, the the best like battling out of any of the No More Heroes games. Like, it had a really really addictive battle system. Like. It's the same sort of thing, like what I love with Ease, you know, where like you have to dodge at the right time. That'll give you extra time to attack the character. It's all about dodging and all that stuff. And I love that shit. So I, I had so much fun with it. The characters are completely fucking out there. They're supposed to be like superheroes, but they're actually like aliens and like the world's going to hell. And and you got your motorcycle and you drive through different areas that look differently. And some of, them, some of them run so badly that it's just like part of the game. It's like it, the frame rate gets weird, but I don't care doesn't doesn't bother me like it's it's still fun to fucking run around and talk to these weird aliens and do all these extra side missions you you can like collect scorpions to give to a guy to make ramen out of it's just like what the fuck like i don't i don't get it and i don't need to and it's great it's just it's weird it's weird and fun and like whenever you go to buy sushi there's this awesome rap song about sushi that i thought was like so fucking good not to mention, like, he has his own, like, arm thing that looks like two Joy-Cons. It looks like the Switch with two Joy-Cons on it. And that, you can upgrade that to do for different moves. And, of course, you can, he, like, snaps in front of his face and turns into, like, a Mecha. And you can do some, like, Gundam stuff and all that. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Like, I was just, I put 20 hours into it. I beat it at that time. I know some people beat it in, like, 10 hours. But I was taking my sweet time because I loved being in Santa Destroy again with Travis Touchdown. And it was... Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's hilarious. It's weird. It's just, it's my kind of game. And that's why it's number five in the top five. Motherfucking No More Heroes 3.
2: cheated again for my number four my number four is two games Uh oh it's tony hawks pro skater one and two.
1: Oh well there you go i mean you could do that
2: <laughs> yeah this uh was one we were waiting for for a long time we were saying forever we needed a tony hawk game on on the switch and we even actually at one point uh, we were saying just any skateboard game any skateboard game on the Switch. And then all of a sudden, we got like five skateboard games. Yeah, right. <laughs> all at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> Remember that one, Skater XL, that one just like trailed off into nowhere? Hmm. We, we were all so excited for it and then just, oh, it's gone. Skate- now it's still t- yeah. TBD. No, um, I think it came out. I thought, I,
1: I thought Skater XL. Well, no. one, one of them did. One no, of the skateboards I, I, did.
2: Skater XL <laughs> came out on other platforms, but not on the Switch yet. Um, I just checked the other day. It's still TBD um yeah skatebird came out and and i guess it was not that great of a game after all Um, uh, but who cares tony ox pro skater one and two is on the switch and it's great it's a really really good game it, it's kind of how you do a a, a remaster i think it, they just took what was there printed it up made it better made it accessible on modern systems and, and it's wonderful i would have I said it before, I'll say it again. I would have preferred they do one, two, and three. I feel like that's where three is where it really peaked. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems like it's missing. But hey, I'll take what I can get. Um we had a great time playing this game together. We did a couple of multiplayer sessions, I think. Uh, we had Jesse on playing with us, and that was that was a really good time. Uh, I would like to do that again sometime even. Um we mentioned it like in the last episode or the last episode that I was on. I was on anyway, you know, what happened to to Tony Hawks pro skater? We, we kind of fell off it. Uh, I think it was just that there was a lot of good games this year. And this is one that, you know, we got, got pushed aside so we could play other games, but I feel like the time is coming around where we can jump back in and play this game again. It's uh, I still got a lot more to do on it too. I I haven't completed everything. I think I got most of number one uh, completed. I have some more for number two to complete. And I, I'm, looking forward to it it's classic tony hawk on the switch what more could you want tony hawk 3 <laughs> i like true, true tony hawk 3 yep
1: no i mean it's 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 a good remake like i i got it for ps4 i just realized that i don't like tony hawk 1 and 2 that much and the same things that annoyed me of the original ones annoyed me on this one so so i kind of like bounced off it quicker than i thought but i mean it's cool i mean if you really like those games it's great the soundtrack is great too very good that's good. That's of good new stuff on there too.
0: Yeah. For me, it had the same appeal as the original where it was kind of like playing the original all over again, because there's some like uh, I don't know, the controls feel a little different on the switch, but they're the same. Ultimately you just kind of like get back into that feel and like, once you get back into that groove, it's very satisfying. So getting all the way through the first one, that's all I did. I didn't get to the second one, but I mean, I loved what I played. So yeah, I'd love to go back to it sometime, John. Let's play some
2: more multiplayer sometime. Sounds fun. I love doing the tag mode. The tag mode on multiplayer was the, the best mode. Graffiti mode, was a lot graffiti mode. mode. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the best mode for sure. That's another critique I have. I guess is that you you cycle through the multiplayer modes like like you just say, hey, we're playing multiplayer, and then it'll cycle through different modes automatically. I wish that you could select the certain mode, whatever mode you wanted to play, because graffiti was. Like, pardon the best for me. And I wish, wish I could just do that. But that's a minor grape in an otherwise great game. What do you got?
0: Yeah. What, what it's you a, it's you... a remake done with love. All right. My number four is another remake done with love, but I don't care about the remake done with love. I care about the extra game that was on it.
1: Oh, there it is. Which I had I Trey.
0: Finally, Trey's going to play this. And, ju- and Trey, depending on how you feel, you might ship that john's way so you can try it too or maybe try, oh, yeah, we, try, oh, to yeah. try it eventually oh yeah but that's I a good idea guys we, we to could, play we could share it bowser's I think about that. fury because bowser's fury to me is a glimpse of what a future mario game could be like if it was open world and you know bowser's fury ends up feeling more like a sandbox demo kind of thing like it's it's fully realized don't get me wrong but you do kind of you end up craving lore, you know and i wish it was longer so according to the end game clock i spent about 14 hours on it which to me seems like a lot but it's not a lot because i dicked around a lot <laughs> like i just went around and just explored and and tried to like climb stuff quickly you know because it's very much like breath of the wild and even saints row 4 and some other games in the regard that you're kind of like taking over like lighthouses instead of, you know, so it kind of brings back a bit of a a super Mario sunshine kind of thing where you're trying to get shine sprites and you do that by like conquering lighthouses. Well, there's other things you do too, but the lighthouses end up becoming your kind of like your, your hubs. And so they're all over the map, but it's one continuous open world map. And so yeah, it's, it's so fun. And then, you know, this adds, I wouldn't call it a day-night cycle, but it's kind of the Mario equivalent of the day-night cycle because Bowser gets real pissed off after a while. And then you got you to gotta deal with giant Bowser trying to kill you. Yeah, the
1: Kaiju Bowser. So,
0: right, so Kaiju Bowser is trying to kill you. Either you're, you just dodge him until he goes away, or you get to one of the giant cat bells and turn into a giant cat. And then you can, you know, go up to him and, and smack him, or you can pick up stuff and throw it at him. Like, you have a lot more abilities once you become Kaiju yourself. So, um, it's really fun because you always are dealing with that. Like, as you go through each level and you're doing whatever, you're trying to collect like a certain amount of the green stars, you know, to get a, you know, a full shine sprite, like if you get like five or whatever, or 10 or whatever it is. And, um, uh, in the meantime, that timer's still going. So Bowser's about to start going ham on you again. And uh you can tell where he is. You know, there's not an on-screen uh there's not like a you know, a meter on the screen or something. It's it's all physically apparent in the space cuz you can see all the way across the whole map and you're watching this giant Bowser shell covered in black goo cuz he's evil. And uh, you just kind of watch it descend into you know you watch it ascend from the the ocean, and then at a certain point it breaks free from the ocean and then it like starts attacking you. So you're you have a very like interesting visual like reminder of like the perpetual thing of you know avoiding kaiju bowser. So it sounds a lot more stressful than it actually is. Like once you get into the groove of it all, it's really fun, and um, I really like. The The idea of taking the Mario 3D World formula, sort of integrating it with the uh, Mario Odyssey formula, and even a little bit with Breath of the Wild. And you come up with this really cool, fresh take on Mario that I wish was more fully realized. And maybe it's a peek at the, the future of Mario, but it exists within the universe of Mario 3D World. So that's kind of cool, too. Lots, lots of cats. Oh yeah, the cats are everywhere. Everything is a cat in yeah, that, by the way. Like, I like that. Ev- everything is literally a cat. Like the cat has perpetuated everything, including like certain blocks and stuff, are, are, are cat or cat themes. So yeah. There's cats everywhere. You literally have to like rescue cats and bring them back to their mom. And it's cool. It's fun. And uh I wish there was more of it. Like, once I was done with it, you know, like I said, 14 hours, that was me getting everything, like everything the game had to offer, every single shine. And uh, I just felt kind of sad when it was done because I was like, I loved that. I loved every moment of that. There was no, there's a lot of games you play if you go back to now where you think about certain s- s- portions of the game where you're like, oh, I'm not looking forward to playing this again. But when I think about Bowser's Fury, I'm like, that was fun from beginning to end. Like, I had no qualms 100% in that game. I wanted to. Like, it, There was no, like, well, I, I just kind of need to so I could brag about it. Like, I wanted to keep playing it, and the only way to keep playing it was to 100% it. And once I was done, I was like, oh, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. So I actually started a new file and got three or four hours into it.
1: But Wanted to stay in the world.
0: That's neither oh, yeah. here nor there, yeah. It's a wonderful game and and I look forward to you playing it Trey and possibly eventually John playing it and oh, yeah, I could get your opinion on it
1: I could send I could send it to John for sure yeah no problem we could do that Be cool I didn't even think oh, about yeah. that but yeah no we should do that but uh my next game is definitely a game that's not short in any aspect whatsoever but my number what number are we on four yeah my number four is bravely default two which I put This is actually put more hours in there than I thought. I put 85 hours into this game, according to uh, my Switch account. 85 hours. And did I beat it? Well, I got to the first credits. Apparently, there's three credits. So uh, I, got, I got it to the first credits. So technically, I beat it. But yeah, uh, Bravely Default is the RPG fans RPG. It's uh, about as hardcore as you can get. It's all about, uh, you know... Unlocking new classes and changing your classes of your characters. Each of the character has a different outfit for every class, which is really cool and cute and all that. And it's about the grind, man. It's all about grinding, uh, mastering your classes, and then even after you beat the game the first time, you, you get to you get to like add additional abilities to the to the classes that you've already mastered. So it, like it's e- it gets even even deeper in there. And it was just it was a blast to play. The soundtrack is awesome um one thing there's two games on here that do not let you capture videos and i hate that stop doing that please like i love this game but why can you not i always feel like if you can't capture videos then it's like press that whatever it is is like pushing the switch to its to what I, i don't know to as much as it can do and it just can't capture videos but it's so annoying when you're trying to do like game of the year stuff later and you have no captures of it and you just have to go back to your streams that you did of, like, three hours or whatever, and try to find like two minutes worth of stuff in there, which is going to be a nightmare tonight after this when I get to that. But Brave the Default 2, it's awesome. There was a demo of it that I didn't feel like didn't really represent it, but Brave the Default 2 is basically what we wanted the Final Fantasy games to continue to do after Final Fantasy 6. It's like, imagine if Final Fantasy just kept going and staying with that turn-based combat and all that shit. And you, you know, you'll love that. And I love that there's only four characters. You don't have to balance, you don't have to balance any of the characters. There's just four of them, but you can just change them up however you want to. And yeah, it's, it was a blast. One of them is Elvis. One of them is Elvis. Yes, that's, that is true. And I I like the way it ends too, where it's kind of like, it has a spec bad ending and then you just go back and then you just don't fight the boss. It's like you fight the boss and then one of the characters dies and then you restart the game again, and then they're like, how about we don't fight that boss? Let's go do these other things, and we'll get stronger and come back. And then the game just keeps going. So it didn't actually really end. It just it continues. It's like, here, let's go to this this other place that we've never been to. Here's a brand new land. But yeah, the characters look awesome. They had this, like, cool clay technology where all the bad guys looked really neat. But yeah, probably the default, shit ton of fun. Number four.
2: Number three, Tetris Effect Connected uh I already talked about it. There, I so, figured
1: that one was coming back.
2: Yeah, I played 20 hours of it. Again, I don't know what more I can say, just that I love the, the whole presentation of it. It just puts you in such a serene place every time you play the game. Um, I like, oh, I can add more about the challenge modes. Mm-hmm. Um, those were pretty cool. Uh, I played a couple of those. and just, I, I love the one where, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like, you know the Mario Kart mode where they just throw all the different things at you um at random um will it'll like all of a sudden drop a gigantic tetris piece uh it'll it'll all of a sudden like zoom in really close and put the board at a low angle uh it does all these random things at slow-mo you know, high speed etc etc um, That was a fun way to sort of take you out of the the sereneness of it and, and just throw some chaos in there. I also like that they have a classic mode where you can play online. Um, and basically NES Tetris. I did that a whole bunch playing NES Tetris online Tetris, old school rules, you yeah. know, no holds, no, no quick drops or anything like that. Playing that online against other people was, was really, really, really fun. Um, everybody should buy this game, everybody, if you like Tetris, and you do you should buy this game
0: Tetris is in your head
1: whether you like it or not Tetris brain even though
2: uh, when you're talking about grandmas, I don't think uh,
1: I don't think uh Jess's 93 year old grandma knows what Tetris is I don't know I never asked her I, but that's I, great but she knows like nothing about video games whatsoever I mean really so. surely she
0: remembers 85
1: I don't think that she ever like had a I think all her kids were way too old for games then I mean they were all like people's parents and stuff. She knows like nothing about video games. Other than they exist. I think she, she knows that they exist. That's about it.
0: <laughs> For my number three, I need to stand up.
1: Oh, is it? Is it that one? Eastward. The t-shirt.
0: Eastward. Eastward is my number three. It's the top Eastward might have been higher, but eh, no. I don't really think it stood a chance. But here's the thing about Eastward. It falls into this category of gaming that touches it's a game that touches my soul and you get that with a lot of like really good triple a releases or mainline you know franchise releases that can that can happen if they tell stories well but when you have an indie game that kind of like leans into this concept and does it really well and kind of also fucks with your head a little bit i don't know i just i love that and i think that's one of the mystiques of indie games i think that they take a lot more risks and end up being like you know, on a different plane because of that. They, they get real. Like throw, They're all about throw being millions real. of dollars yeah. at the franchise and have it, you know, have Eastward developed by some giant, you know, have, a, I don't know, some big company make it. It wouldn't have had the same feel. It wouldn't have had that. I don't know exactly how to put it other than, yeah, it touches my soul and it's got a more human element to it because there's so few people. I mean, Stardew Valley, that's a great example of a game that just... Obviously, it's got its its inspirations and in, in Harvest Moon and a story of seasons and all that, but it just there's a, a certain weirdness to it that's just so human and nice because not that many people are involved in making it. You know, you're kind of like getting a feel of somebody's dream in a more real way. Anyway, I might be being too expositional here, but I'm just going to say Eastward for me was the feel good game of the year in the sense that it made me feel human. Maybe not feel good.
1: I was like, it had some depressing parts in there. <laughs> like that, that second it, part was it, like, Oh, it had some yeah.
0: really depressing stuff, yeah. but then it and just kind of like, shy just away on. from being yeah. like awkward. Like, you know, you've got the silent protagonist. Who's the main character. Um, John. His name's John, John. Yeah. His name's John. And he is the one you control the whole time for the most part, but eventually you do control, you know, um, Man, I'm forgetting their names now. I feel terrible.
1: Here. Both of them. I don't remember. Yeah, I forgot what her name was. On, I, I know it's not. Up. I know it's not Madeline. That's uh, Celeste. <laughs> that, oh, for yeah. some reason, I was thinking about that. Eastward was a game that I mean, spoilers. It's not on my list, but it's definitely a runner-up. Like it would be. It would be in like the top. 15, oh, top fifteen for sure for me. Because I did really like it. I just it was kind of on a list of games that I wish I had more time to play because I didn't because I didn't play it as much as I should have. But I still want to come back so, yeah.
0: to it. So the name of the, the the other character is Sam, and she's the one that's kind of like the... John is like a, a you know, kind of a, a, a drifter. You kind of get that impression he's kind of a drifter, and he works in mines. He goes around and works in mines, and this has a very, like, post-apocalyptic feel, and he found her down in a mine. Like, she was, like, in a pod. This is Sam. You know, she was very young, so he, like, decided to raise her because he's a stand-up guy, and... What ensues is, you know, this crazy, I don't know. I don't even know exactly how to explain it because it's it wouldn't exist any other way than as an indie game. Um, this was a, I know a Chinese studio made this and then Chucklefish uh, produced it or you know, distributed it, whatever, both. But they put the money into it. And so like the Chucklefish name, I'm like, okay, well, I want to check this out. And I had seen videos of it and, you know, and it has a really strong like earthbound, uh, or like even just like PS One level um, RPG look to it without like the polygons and stuff. Like the sprites are really detailed, and there's crazy frames of animation for each spray. Like I just barely it, it, so it looks surprised. Really, it looks like,
1: really good. Yeah, it looks really really good. Like the art looks great, like, it. Yeah.
0: individual scenarios will happen, and the sprites will act in a way you've never seen before because there's all these different animations. You know, like the level of detail on this is is phenomenal, and. I will say if I had a gripe with the game is that the, the difficulty curve goes like really fast. Yeah, And towards the end of it, I was just like, I I would have given up on it if I didn't love the story so much. And I'm sure I said this exact same thing on the show before. But, you know, as part of my Games of the Year thing, I, I, I think I, it bears repeating that it had such a hold on me emotionally. I was so invested in the story that I was willing to deal with it becoming how I felt at the time unfairly hard yeah turns out it wasn't it. you just have to learn the systems and you just have to
2: just do to things right
0: and yeah. yeah it's all timing based and um once you can kind of like push through that and get kind of like once again like i said earlier about the multiplayer tetris you get into this kind of like music game brain and all of a sudden i'm there and i'm timing my attacks and you know maybe like a fighting game even like you're dodging like and all that yeah. I'm dodging, I'm fighting, and you get into this like great feeling and the and then you beat it and then you feel amazing and the I will say the penultimate boss was the hardest boss in this. The actual last boss is difficult, but nothing like the penultimate the penultimate is also the most emotionally wrecking of the people you have to fight, so I'm glad they made that harder because yeah the story is high in emotional content story you know it's it's a it's a well written story that kind of leaves itself unanswered at the end i'm going to say it twin peaks i feel that a little bit here there's some conspiracy and but it's like if you wandered from multiple towns that were like the town in twin peaks because basically yeah the world's changing as you go so yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but everything's got us. Another great thing this game has is that it's got a fully realized like Dragon Quest, like uh, oh, yeah, the mini, a tribute game, the mini game built yeah. into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's called it's called Earthborn because I guess they must have anticipated the Earthbound comparisons, but it's more like Dragon Quest than Earthbound. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I thought that was a joke just because. Yeah, because there is like any any sort. Of, I feel like any sort of like sprite-based RPG, whatever, top-down game that has, like, emotional stuff to it is inspired by Earthbound, because Earthbound was, like, mm-hmm. the first game to do that, I think, our first well-known game to do that, to, like, be real about stuff.
0: I think I really like about, you know, the meta game within this, which Celeste also had, but it was more just, like, a, a retelling of the main game and, like, more, like, pixelated sprites, whereas this is, like, an actual, like, Full on RPG, but it's like a roguelike RPG. I guess as far as I could tell, you save your, um, like you create save points as you get to new places. So that's the kind of roguelike element. So you could like skip ahead to a town, but you're still going to be super weak, yeah, if you're not ready for it. So, um, but you can kind of skip around the map more as you play. But one thing I really loved was like you know you're obviously as Sam like. You're trying to um, get along with all the children in the town, and you're trying to bond with them, even though you know you were just found in a, in a weird pod down in the tunnel. But they tell you how Earthborn's great, so you want to be into Earthborn too, because you want to be popular and like part of the you know the the kids zeitgeist. So. But as you go through the game, you realize like you're meeting these really old characters. They're like, "Oh, I love playing Earthborn when I was a kid." You know, like it's like this. It's like, part dra- of the it's, culture. It's yeah.
1: Dragon Quest, pretty much. Yeah, where there's it so, really many, is. so many generations that are still playing it, but they all remember like Dragon Quest One, and all
0: that. Yeah, I I don't think I mean I'll 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 list some other games after this as far as like how I feel about what's great and all that, but nothing was for me as like emotionally satisfying as this game playing it because. It was like reading a a really nice weird book and a game at the same time, and the characters are just off-putting enough to remind me of Moon, which was one of my favorites last year. You know, which was a re-release, obviously, but I can't help but feel a Moon influence on this, and like that, just like there's just this like slightly off weirdness to it that is so charming that I just can't can't shake, and I still think about it when I think about this game. So yeah, Eastward, and I mean. Thanks Trey for the shirt. I thought it would I'm be. Happy to, I'm happy to wear Eastward on my body.
1: I figured I it like would be game. in your top five at least, if not in your top mm-hmm. three. So, actually, from where you guys, from what I've seen from your lists, I know what your next. I know what your two games are. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I haven't said my mm-hmm. third one yet, but I think I know what your what your two games are. And we might all have the same game for number two. Who knows? I mean, could be. I think two of us might. But we're not there yet. I haven't said my number three yet. Which somebody else might have this on their list as well. And I talked about it earlier. Anyway, my number three is Monster Hunter Rise, of course. Uh, this game, I put uh, according to my Nintendo account, it says that I put 90 hours or more in there. But when when I got my, uh, my yearly account from Nintendo directly, it said that Monster Hunter Rise was my most played game of the year at 96 hours. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: that was my count on that. And yeah, Monster Hunter, it was, Monster Hunter's like a, you know, it's like a lot of these games that, you know, there's so many versions of them that have have come out, but you, and I've tried to play, I played, tried to play Monster Hunter 3 a bunch of times. I played like try on Wii and Wii U. I played Generations on 3DS. I played a bunch of demos and stuff, and I never, like, none of the Monster Hunter games really clicked with me. I didn't understand it, but for some reason this one did, but I feel like they did a lot to make the game better this time. Like... Like, you can run and drink potion at the same time, which is such a weird thing to mm-hmm. talk about as a new, like, innovation. But you were never able to do that in the other games, to actually, like, run and heal yourself. Like, you had to stop and heal yourself. But, like, I think a lot of it also has to do with, like, just the way you can traverse through the through the world. Like...
0: The wirebug. The,
1: the fucking wirebug Spider-Man thing. Like, like how cool that is and how you can cl- climb walls, kind of. Like, uh, Breath of the Wild. We also
0: use it to, uh, like, uh, re- like, to... Uh get back from being knocked back. So like it reverses knockback damage.
1: Oh yeah, You you can use use it. it, Yeah. You can use it as special moves as well. Like there was Mm. a move that I, that I could, that you could do with the gun where you like kind of shoot it straight out and you just like, Mm. you just move like around, like in an arc, you know, like around the character and stuff like that. There's all these really cool kind of super moves you can do with it. But yeah, the the wire bug was so cool and the dog, like just being able to ride the dog Mm. everywhere the game just felt so much faster. Like it just was like, you know, it felt like you could just get to wherever you're trying to go. And then when you get to, you can unlock spots that you can warp to as well. So you can warp to different parts at mm-hmm. different times. And I just felt like this made it like so much more approachable compared to the other uh, Monster Hunter games. And it was just so much fun to play, like, just the way, yeah, just the way you could do it. And another thing that's great is you can fall from any height. You can fall from any height and not get killed. That, that's another thing, John, you should know. There's no fall damage in Monster Hunter. So that's real something really great to know. So you can fall from whatever distance and you'll never get hurt, which is, that actually Sweet. changed a lot of it for me as well. So, because you, because you do want to climb, you want to climb a lot of stuff and find like secret areas and stuff like that, and. Yeah, it just kept bringing me back to it and, like, all the DLC and they added, like, a bunch of monsters and, you know, there's, like, the levels and you get, like, harder and harder and harder and, like, higher classes and you unlock, like in – and the, in the, like, weapon the, – like, the way you unlock the weapons and stuff, they just keep, like, going and going and going. And, and it's just, like – it's just, like, uh, having that moment – and I think I wrote this in the list that I did for GG Radio – where it's just the moment where you're like searching for this one item for this one specific weapon, and you've been like carving this one monster for a certain amount of time, and then mm. you finally get it, and then you get this new weapon that's so cool, and just the adrenaline that you get from that—it's just like, yeah, it's great. I mean, the game is all about like, you know, killing monsters and wearing their wearing their skins on you all all uh, all fashion like, but it's uh but it's great. Yeah, it's uh I had a blast playing it. The multiplayer is great. Like Nintendo, pretty much changed their entire online system for it, so it would work. And uh, Jeremy, we played a bunch of it online. Like it was fun. I played. I played with like random people on Twitch that became like sort of friends of mine that would come and play. Like, like I still have the footage of Jerry like dancing around us. Like when we met him in the. You remember that when we met him in the town and he was like mm-hmm. his characters like doing the weird dance and all that and he was like on the on the Twitch stream and all that. It was just it was just fun and the great thing is like Monster Hunter people. Love Monster Hunter, and they want you to like it too. So they're very open with helping you out with stuff. And I watched a bunch of videos mm-hmm. on YouTube to try to figure out like how to use different weapons and how to upgrade your weapons and how to get specific uh, equipment and all that. And I really just I just fell into the world like big time. And yeah, I played it. I played it so much like it was the only thing I played for like a month. I feel like like the month of March was Master Hunter m- month. So it just it took over my life for however you know because I was still in the pandemic. I still wasn't really working, so I could just throw myself into Monster Hunter. And I did. And I think it's I think it's an incredible game. And yeah, and like you said earlier, it looks really good. It's like one of the best looking games on the system. Like hands down for sure. Looks incredible. The monsters look great. And you can ride them you can like get on top of the monsters and attack the monster while you're riding the monster. You can, there's like a whole thing, there's a loop you can do where you get on one monster, you go and attack another monster until it's dazed, and then you jump on that monster, and then you go and you daze another monster, and jump on that monster, and then go and get another monster. You can do this through the whole thing, and just go back and forth mm-hmm. from riding monsters, and it's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's a great game. I hope I really hope you enjoy it, John, because it's got a lot of depth to it, and there's just like, it's one of those things that I remember people saying, Talking about, like, oh, my God, I put, like, 500 hours into Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, why? Like, why did you play it so much? But then all of a sudden I realized I put 300 hours into it, in like, in a few weeks. I'm like, okay, I get it now. You just want to <laughs> just want to keep playing it and keep making your dude, like, look cooler or whatever your person get cooler and cooler. And, yeah. And you want in the DLC monsters. Like, I think Sunbreak's going to be really good. I know a lot of that stuff is a really cool stuff. And they've done all these cool, like, crossovers shit and all that. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is great. That's my number three. Pretty sure I know your next two, but say what yours is, John. It might be mine too.
2: My number two is Metroid Dread.
1: That's mine too, so we can both talk about Metroid Dread at the same time. All right, Wait, so
0: Metroid Dread is also my number two. Is it really? Yeah. I, I you got the out. trifecta. Yeah. I, number I, I number thought, two. I wow. thought
1: that we would all have. A, I, I thought there was a possibility that we would all have Metroid Dread as number two. We which, all do. Which probably, which I haven't done the math yet, but I'm pretty sure that means that Metroid Dread is going to be the game of the show together of all three. Oh, he's going to stop listening
2: right now. Do not. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> uh,
1: no, Metroid Dread. Yeah, we finally got a new Metroid. Uh, Metroid is one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, series, and especially it's cool that we got a new 2D Metroid. Of course. And yeah, they brought the Dread name back. Like for anybody who remembers, yeah, like Metroid Prime Three Legend. Like I think it was in one of the scans that mentions Metroid Dread on there. Like and and some people even claim that they might have seen it at like a video convention or whatever, or, or like an E three or something like that. I don't know if that's actually true, but I know Jeremy Parrish claimed that he saw it at one point somewhere. A, play, a playable Metroid Dread for DS or whatever was out at the time. I mean, it's
0: almost like it's one step more realistic than what was the uh the Luigi thing in Mario 64. Oh L is oh, real L is Real 2023
1: 20, or whatever.
0: <laughs> That's kind of yeah. what Metroid Dread felt like. It was just kind of like, you know, back when they called it the Ultra 64 before it came out or what they called it uh you know the Dol- Project Dolphin before it was this the 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 Wii or even uh, what they eventually called it uh Revolution or they started with Revolution. Yeah, yeah it's all this kind of like no nomenclature that just makes it more
2: but they it's but definitely yeah. a surprise of the year that that dread was the
1: name that they used i mean they had to yeah. they had to though because it was the that was the name of it you know like what else would you call it like that was the one that was rumored to be coming out but never came out like what else? it has to be dread
0: also what an excellent stopgap for prime 4 like we still don't have anything to say about it but here's dread
2: oh yeah
1: for here's sure. here's dread out of nowhere from mercury steam what? also which with a lot of people um didn't care much for them because of their uh Castlevania game that they put on 3DS which isn't great. I'm, I haven't actually played it, but people people did, didn't like it. But I did actually I mean whatever year Samus Returns came out, that was on my top 10 list for that year. That uh, was
0: 2017.
1: I think it was it was when the Switch came out. It was it was when the Switch came out because it was cuz I had Switch games. Well, it was the first time I'd ever done like a video yeah. of a uh, top 10. So games. it was
0: definitely 2017 then.
1: Because it was when the Switch came out, but I had that on my t- top 10 and I also had Star Fox 2 because it was the same year as the Super Nintendo mm. Classic coming out. And I also had a, I forget what it was called, but the game that was made by The Secret of Monogai it, with the town and all that, which is fun.
0: Um, Little town here. No, no, not that
1: one. It was a 3DS game. But but yeah, it was, I like that game. But Metroid Dread, it just felt like everything clicked right. I liked how you can dodge everything. Like you don't have to get hit by anything. If you're good enough, you can go through the whole game without getting hit. I don't know how long you guys put, how much time you put into it, but mine, mine said 15 30, hours, mine said 35 hours, which I didn't think it was that much. Cause I know it took me like 20 hours to beat it the first time, but then I started, but I guess I must've played it on hard for like a, for like some more hours after that, because I did start a hard mode and I did make it through a couple of bosses on the hard mode and all that. But I mean, if you if like you wanted to, if you wanted to like just throw yourself into Metroid Dread, you could totally do it. Like, uh, you remember you remember Todd's Astro from uh, LCC, Jeremy? <laughs> I'm I'm friends. I
2: with...
0: remember the the name, but it's been a while no. since. I...
1: Or I Z, know. they call him Z. Anyway, I, I'm friends with him on Switch, and he actually he, he actually like sent me a message when Metroid Dread, Dread came out because, like his you know his favorite game was. Metroid Metroid uh, Super Metroid as well and that's what we used to talk about with Metroid games and stuff like that and at the time we were in college there was no Metroid things so we would just talk about the old games but he he'd sent me a message through Facebook just asking me about Metroid dread and he's like I love it it's like it's like almost as good as, as Super Metroid and I had you know his I see his profile on my account and he's put like a hundred hours into the game. He's like it's like the John's version of his game that you'll talk about later. But I mean, it's the same sort of thing where he just threw him into this threw himself into this one game and it's just like playing it over and over and over again. I'm like, "Wow." Yeah, it's like I has like almost 100 hours in, Metro, in in Metroid Dread. I'm like, "That's incredible." Just like playing it over and over and over again and finding all the parts to it and yeah, and you can like try to speed run it on hard and then like try to get all the endings and, you know, and all that shit. And I've said a bunch about this. You you guys talk about Metroid Dread. It's also your number 2.
0: Well, I uh, got 15 hours, 40 minutes was my clear time. So it wasn't one of the best ones I saw because everybody was sharing their Metroid Dread. So here's the thing about Metroid Dread. It did have that feeling of dread because you kind of felt like everybody was playing it at the same time and you kind of wanted to like get through it first. Not that it's to spoilers or whatever. Right for spoilers, but also just kind of you want to like compare your times. Like everybody's posting that little like little screen at the end of like how much time it took them. And, um, I didn't do that well, but I'm okay with that. But actually, on my file, it says I played over 45 hours. So I played this game a lot. I I got stuck on bosses for a long ass time, and I thought to myself, "Not what a wonderful world." I was like, what a terrible world, because I don't think I'm ever going to be these uh, these bosses, in particular, the final boss, who I was stuck on for several days. Oh, yeah. Like three days of playing that boss. And it's just like for one. A couple hours yeah, a day. It's like
1: one small thing. It's just like that made it easier for me. Just like stuff you, you always got to use. No, no, no. And there yeah.
0: ended up being this one thing. Yes, there was this one thing that I needed to do. To change it all and i beat it the first time after i discovered that and they were i robots. did fail once at the very end but it let you continue luckily but yeah it's man this game was like as i'm playing it i'm like this game's fucking hard but also like the the dodges are so eloquent like i still feel hmm. like it's my fault that it's happening the way it is so they did it's a really a good job with challenge. that yeah and so once you really get into that, like you're like, I can't beat this. And it's like, well, the reason I'm not beating it is because I'm dumb. Even not some of the I'm... more
2: difficult bosses, like I, I got stuck on CRAD for a long time. And once I finally uh made it through, you know, I, I felt like even though it was such a long time, you know, it was just it was just me. It was all me. Mm-hmm. It was not unfair. There was so much variety to that boss, too. In fact, I remember it came out not that long ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, that There was a new shortcut that was discovered. Somebody discovered that there was, if you timed it just right, you could, uh, shoot the missile into Craig's mouth and, or you could jump into his mouth and, and, you know, shoot your arm cannon and, uh, down his throat and beat the boss that much faster. There was just like, there's, they gave you so many varieties of ways to, to approach the game, uh, that it felt like yeah there's just a lot more a lot that you can do um and if you messed up it was your your own fault it's
1: your own damn fault
0: this is absolutely a master class in like a 2d action game like this is a fantastic game like props to mercury steam i wasn't super huge fan of samus returns but i've tried going back to it and i think maybe once the once I get more into my Metroid spirit. I was really highly into my Metroid spirit, you know, leading up to Metroid Dread. But once I got through this, once the 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 living hell was done and I'd actually defeated that boss, the the endorphin rush was so huge and so great, but it was also kinda like I went back and played some of the hard mode. I'm not that far into it. I just needed a break. Also Castlevania advanced collection came out, but i didn't include that in this but yeah that's something i can go to and play for chill metroidvania and study or whatever
2: yeah because you can also uh, just think movement movement in the game just feels so good i think it's precise
0: i mean what what one of the the
2: exact same thing that you know me and moto said about mario 64 how it had to feel good just to move mario Mm yeah this applies with samus too. every single movement feels like buttery smooth
1: the the fucking the slide the slide thing it's the best it's the best thing ever, yep. like mm-hmm. when like when you're able to slide and go into the ball like that, that just like revolutionized the whole game because the ball move has always been kind of clunky. I always thought it was kind of clunky, but the fact stop, that stop curl can just, up and yeah, go. yeah it's it's it, it interrupts your flow. But uh, like I love how you can just hit the button and you just slide under a thing and then you turn into the ball like it's perfect. Like I, I can't imagine playing another Metroid game without that in there now. I was like, I was like, that's fucking great. Like, why, why did it take so long to get to that? It's so, it's so smooth, and you don't even really need the ball. Like, you don't get the ball until like halfway through the game, you know. And then you just do the slide under stuff, and it just feels so good.
0: Defeating the Emmy was very gratifying. Oh but- yeah, i
1: was saying, especially when you're running from the Emmys, which are terrifying. But yeah, once you are able to get to be able to destroy them, mm-hmm. and kind of semi spoilers, there is when you get towards the end you don't get to kill the final Emmy. And I was kind of disappointed on that because it yeah. was so much fun. It was so gratifying to get the gun and to shoot those fuckers in the face and all that. And I was kind of disappointed when I got to that last one, I was like, Oh, you're not gonna let me kill him. You bastards. But yeah, it was, it was, it was great. It was a great game. It was a lot of fun. The,
0: the final boss is like, I really feel like that could be a game by itself. Like you could have released an indie game that was like, this one boss because there's just so much going on and so many patterns you need to learn and if it weren't for it being out and being fresh and everybody playing it and all the like, like I said before the zeitgeist like I don't know I how long I would have stuck with that final boss it was like really making me upset <laughs> that I couldn't beat it and I was like playing it while Shauna was working in the office and I'd yell at the screen and I'm like I'm sorry she's working I shouldn't be yelling um but yeah i got through it and it was great and i mean it earned its spot on my list because i felt good afterwards and that the end of it's so cool. it's so fun
1: i just uh and, and i guess this is i mean mercury's team like definitely had to do this because of other portrayals of samus but i thought their portrayal of samus was so good like i just yeah. love the way she like just her like just stone cold like where, like, the parts where she, you just kind of see her walk past and just, like, fire up her beam. Or, like, one of my favorite things is, like, when Kraid comes at you and she just mm-hmm. stands there and just, like, ignites the beam and, like, she doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, she's ready to kill Kraid right there. Or, like, how many times she does, like, the don't look, like, shoot the fucker right behind you and kill him, mm-hmm. like, in the last minute. And, and she only talks, like, one time in the game. And that time that she talks is so important. And it's so mm-hmm. cool, like, that... that What she says there is important, and you know that she's that type of person that's not going to... I mean, she's by herself most of the time. She's not going to say anything, you know? But the time that she speaks, it's like, all right. Like, you've already given so much personality to her just for, like, this one time. Yeah,
0: confirms she's a good guy, or at least in the context of the story.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, and, like, the ending is all... It just goes all these cool places, and it really... I felt like it did so much for the character, and I was like, that's it was just really cool. And I'm a huge fan of Samus and Metroid and all that, and I loved it. Like, I was like, and I just love, like, how much it blew up. Like, how much everybody loved it. Like, it was just kind of... And mean, do we know
2: the sales numbers for this game? I mean, it's got to be the best I
1: think Metroid the, ever. It is the best I'm, I'm pretty it's sure it's the, the best-selling Sam. the best-selling Samus. at least, like, at, at launch day. Like, it's had the most numbers, like, right off the bat. I mean, Metroid games don't really sell that well, unfortunately. But, I mean, everybody having a Switch, like, Metroid Dread really being, like, a big thing, like... And and a lot of people, and it's on like everybody's list for like favorite, you know, best year, of the best game of the year, and all that, you know. So,
0: I mean, I ended up playing all the way through Super Metroid and Metroid uh, Zero Mission this year because of Dread, like leading up to it and like after the fact, like I just was so into Metroid. And then, yeah, that's why Castlevania Advanced Collection, this was the right year to come out.
1: Sure. Yeah, to go along with that for the to add your Vania to the Metroid.
0: It's just kind of like the place I go to chill. Yeah, it's the it's like the the weed to the alcohol of of vanias.
1: I made it. I mean, I made it through Metroid One, Two, Three, and Four. So I did. Uh, I did all four of them before. I didn't. I didn't make it all the way through Zero Mission. I even played a little bit of uh, other M, which is whatever. But I mean, it was kind of fun to play it. But I don't really want to go back to it, thinking about it. But yeah, no, I played through one all all of the Metroids. I think Metroid One is still awesome. I actually like Metroid Two a lot better too. Playing that on Game Boy was fun. But are we ready to move on to our number one then?
2: I think so. number one.
1: And uh, John, you should really beat the, beat Metroid Dread. It's a great game. I know you haven't Absolutely it. Absolutely should. It's on the list. You should play it. Oh. It's, it's awesome. I know it. I figured probably because you have a physical copy of it, it's hard to it's hard to like. You Sometimes know, allow allow full time full for it to be in there because don't you also have a physical copy yeah. of of Mario Maker Two which uh you play? Yeah, which that
2: that's got to live. That's got to <laughs> yeah. live in the system. <laughs> so a, I figured that's um, why
1: you did never switch it out because of Mario Maker Two
2: having the owning the system and all that. There's been plenty of times where where I I felt like oh I want to play Metroid Dread but then it's, it's not in the system. Like yeah. oh okay, well I'll play whatever's in there. Mario Maker Two. Yeah, so. Number one. Any guesses what my number one is? I, I knew what your uh... number one was like back in February. <laughs> yeah. I knew Dog. what my number one was on like uh, January 20th. Three. <laughs> my number one, it has three in it. You're close. Thief simulator. It's Hitman three. <laughs> Hitman three. Uh yeah, another case of multiple games in one, really, because one of the things that made this uh such a great game for me was that you could actually buy hitman one and two and all the dlc within this game and i never understood why that was so poorly advertised that this game actually has the potential to be three games and all the dlc there's just so much so much to it it's Um, almost
0: games as a service like in its own
2: way absolutely because they even announced uh that they're having they had a full year of DLC, which I paid for already and played through. But they just announced a couple weeks ago they have Hitman Three Year Two. So you're right; it's like games as a service. They're going to charge another thirty bucks, I'm sure, and I'm going to pay it again. Uh, the total that I've paid for this game, by the way, is I think it's two hundred and thirty-five dollars. I
1: was like, isn't it getting close to? I know, I know, it's like at least over two hundred.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you basically uh, paid close to twenty bucks a month to play it but you put the
2: time in. Yeah, pretty much. Put the time in. I've got 320 hours in this game. There's going to be more. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I passed 500 hours. Uh, you know, who knows how long I'm going to go with this game. I think it's just so much fun to pick up and play. Um, not only do they have a really good uh, single-player campaign story, but there's, there's just, like, endless... Um, possibilities within that so you you can play through the whole game in 10 hours or whatever if you want to but you're going to see about i don't know two percent of it i mean th- there's a running counter of how much um what percentage of the game you've seen uh and i think currently i'm, I'm averaging around like 40 percent per level after all this time after all this time after 320 hours around 40% per level completed. Wow. Part of that is, of course, because as a sandbox game, a lot of the temptation is you can just mess around and and you can have fun just messing around, doing whatever you want. I would say I I put about half and half. Half the time I'll be playing through trying to accomplish some objective and progress and get points and all that. Then the other half is just me messing around, having a good time because you can do it. and, And and you never know what's gonna what's gonna come of it you got that sandbox nature a thousand different elements in every level possibly interacting with one another like a giant game of mousetrap then you got the you have the ragdoll physics which are always hilarious and good for a laugh there's so much novelty to the game and that's part of the addictive element of it is is You know, novelty. Novelty is what makes something really addictive. You you never know what you're going to see anytime you fire up this game. Uh, I am astounded by the design. Uh, A couple of levels stand. I mean, there's no bad levels in the game. There's no bad levels in the game, but there are a few that just stand out as like absolute pinnacle showpieces of of what what a masterwork this game is. Uh, One of them would be the murder mystery level. The uh, how can you, how can you put a, a unique spin on a, a game about a hitman? Well, you can have him become a detective trying to solve a murder mystery while at the same time conspiring to commit a murder. Like, Oh, it was just like such a delicious level of depth within that le- one level alone. Um, and all the clockwork elements that you saw at play as you're playing like that, that, uh Particular level, like the characters who have different types of relationships with one another, characters sort of conspiring against each other, and you happen in on their conversations. Speaking of seeing new things all the time, the dialogue in this game, the dialogue, it it has to be said. I don't know where the dialogue ends. I always hear something new, I always hear some new conversation happening between the characters. Every time I fire up the game. I, I just don't know how the, how they recorded so much dialogue and made made me hear something new every time. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and that goes to to show that this game has like one of the most believable game worlds, one of the most believable, most lived in game worlds. You just feel like this is a real place. Every level that you're visiting, the amount of detail that you that you see, the things that you hear. It keeps you coming back and I don't i don't know when I'm going to stop playing this game it's fantastic
1: probably never if they keep adding stuff to it so I mean it's, yep. it's the same way it's like the same way I felt about Mario Golf it's like they but it's much much cheaper I've only paid $60 for that and they keep adding stuff to it but I mean if as long as I keep adding shit which they said they'll do every month I'll keep coming back and playing it I will unlock every skin that is on there no matter who it's, who it's for no matter if it's as dumb as overall so I'll still do it because it's fun so yeah, I figured Hitman Three was your number one game. That's why I got you that Hitman Three shirt because I wanted to buy everybody number one shirts. with a bullet. Yep. Everybody everybody's shirts based on their favorite games. So I, I wasn't, appreciate. I, believe, it. I like the shirt. It's Cool. I, I wasn't sure on Jeremy's one. That's why Eastward. Well, I, I figured you yeah. know. I thought Eastward was. I a, like was Eastward. A, I think Eastward was, was a good choice. best. And it's and it's a and it's more of an indie thing. You know, aside from the other two that are in there. You know, I think. Well, I keep talking shirt. about
0: a game touching my soul. Nothing you know comes closer than a t-shirt coming close to that you know yeah you know it's it, it, it exists in real life now i'm glad in it, physical form
1: i'm glad it's it, it fits in all that stuff
0: yeah, yeah it fits great yeah one thing i i did want to mention before we move on is that hitman 3 seems to be like the pinnacle of the cloud gaming experience i guess we yes. we'd play control tray but I, I never played all the way through that but
1: I played control. Yeah, yeah right. I got I got stuck on a boss, but also I didn't really like the way control looked. But I think that's just the way the game looks. Like everything looks kind of dusty. Like I don't I don't know. It's I think that's part of the effect. But it, it's kind of it just kind of bugged me. Like I didn't like the way it looked, and I thought maybe that was a cloud thing, but that's not true at all because I like the way Guardians of the, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy looks. So I don't know. Well, games like this experience. are
0: definitely uh, like I'm saying this. You know, tailing at 2021, the cloud. Yeah. John, maybe you're going there too. The cloud experience is kind of the wave of the future where, yeah, what's the console mean anymore if the, the cloud gets powerful enough?
2: You're right. Just yeah. For as long as you have something that can just show a video over the internet, you know, you, maybe you don't need to upgrade your console anymore. And that's Unless, been yes, a dream for a radical. long ass
0: time. I mean, I had, I had on live in 2008 i tried online and that's oh yeah you know, first yeah, me that too. was like the first cloud gaming i remember trying and
1: i remember jeremy telling me about that and i just did not believe you i just did not believe it would work i was like there's no way
0: it does not work it's great, gonna make it work better yeah but certain genres of games like it worked fine you know like, right certain things it doesn't matter if there's a little bit of delay but it was especially like noticeable in fps's and stuff so but you know that's that that lag has been like shortened, and shortened, and like the technology's improved. I hope significantly in 13 years.
2: 14. Yeah, and this one, like Hitman Three, um, it's mostly seamless. Every once in a while, I, I it, it'll stutter and you know it'll. Uh, sometimes it, I've had it freeze up once, I think, where I had to turn the game off. Maybe twice out of 320 hours. And I think there's maybe a handful of times where I I had trouble connecting, or I had to wait like a minute or two or something like that. But I can't complain about it overall. A 320 hours, uh, relatively seamless online experience, um, cloud gaming experience. Yeah, it's it's nothing. If if that's what's keeping you from uh, from playing this game, like don't let it keep you. First of all, because you can try it. I mean, you can, you can try a couple minutes of the game. Uh, yeah you can demo it. Yeah, for like 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah, but don't let the cloud gaming part scare you. I'm telling you, I've had pretty poor internet what back in California and it it didn't really bug me at all. So, you still got like 200 hours out of it in California on the
1: on the, yep. the internet. So I always figured that was why you got kicked out cuz I I never I don't think I actually got kicked out of control as far. as – I mean, it would just unless like I said unless you let it. Unless you let it sit for too long, which you, yeah, you to, let it sit yeah. for
2: like eight minutes or something, then it'll kick you off.
1: You have to be kind of careful on Guardians of the Galaxy because there are some pretty long cutscenes on there. I've just been kind of like just moving my analog stick around so it doesn't, so it won't kick me
2: off by accident, you know, because it's, because cutscenes are kind of long.
1: That's, that. That's that for Hitman 3.
2: Oh, no, yeah. there's much more for Hitman 3, <laughs> but that's all I have to say about it for right now. All right.
0: I still aspire to play it someday. And I still would rather play it on the PS4, but...
1: Well, it's... Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, because I've seen... Like, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy on sale a bunch of times for PS4. But I just realized that it's just much easier for me to play stuff on the Switch. Because it's... Same. Because I can play it wherever. Like, the other day, uh, Jess was, like, uh, cross-stitching something. And I just, like... I just turned on Guardians of the Galaxy with my Bluetooth headphones on and just sat next to her and played it for, like, three hours, you know? And it's, like... Which, I, I wouldn't be able to do that with the ps4 which
0: I'll you know? do like this sometimes where I just like take one headphone off if I'm like yeah doing
1: that play sure. it but it's, it's just so much easier for me to play it on switch than any other system that's why I just will ultimately buy it for switch than the other system because if I buy it on PS4 I might not actually play through it but on switch I will Because I mean, that's it's much why... easier for me to play because I can play it on jobs or trips or whatever because it's as long as there's internet you know
0: that's why literally everybody's gonna buy the next switch because it's going to be better and everybody's going to literally everyone and everybody it's going to be hard to get a hold of. And you
1: hear so much like people saying like, I'll buy this game when it's on switch because it's so much easier to play on switch because you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about like occupying the TV and all that stuff. And you don't even need a TV. You got it. Your switch is your TV, you know, you can play it wherever. And so it's much easier for you to play through a game in that way.
0: Well, my number one game recently started occupying um, the PC space. for the longest time, it was a Switch exclusive, and it has been mentioned before. But yeah, Monster Hunter Rise. There it is. An early contender that I haven't played for probably well over six months. But I have to acknowledge this game is my game of the year. I played over 80 hours according to the in-game clock. I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually more. I just don't always trust these kind of things, but who knows? But uh, it's just it's a great game and like it kind of i think one of the big things about playing monster hunter rise that was so satisfying was being finally brought into that monster hunter fold after reading about it for so many years and seeing so many people talking about it online i like, i don't understand still i've tried i've played the demos i don't get it i don't i just don't understand and they're like no, the thing is, you just got to play with some friends. I mean, I don't know. And then Trey started playing it, and I played a little bit of the demo. Didn't really like the demo that much, you know. So
1: it it never, like, it it never demos it, no. well. That's that's the problem. Like the demos are never good. I I don't think for Monster Hunter because it's like you need to you need to play the game. Like you need to play the game as the game. Like the demo just it doesn't give you an idea of the game because you're not like you know you're not building your armor, your armor and your and your weapons and all that stuff. They're just giving you a monster. Which doesn't mean anything until you're actually like fighting for, you know, whatever you need and all this stuff. And I don't think it works as a demo. Like it has to be one of those where you get to play it for a few hours and then it carries into the game. I think it would be the
0: only way for you to to give you an idea of what the game is. I agree. But uh as I mentioned earlier, like it's easily the best looking game on the Switch. I mean you could compare it to Breath of the Wild in some senses, like I think they're like They take the hardware and use it in a very eloquent way, which is saying something for Breath of the Wild that's been out for almost six years now. But yeah, Monster or wait, five years? There we go, five years. Um, But Monster Hunter Rise—it's an amazing-looking game, and it recently went to PC. I don't think it's on any other consoles. yet, though. I think it just went to PC. But uh, you can get it on PC now. But most people that are going to play it on PC already played it on Switch. Like, it's been so long, like, and you don't want to restart it. And as far as I know, there's not crossplay.
1: He'll say, can you, You I don't think you can cross save,
0: can you? I don't think it exists as of now. Maybe it will eventually. But man, Monster Hunter Rise was, was my red carpet into the Monster Hunter world. And I was happy to, like, walk along. You know, like, I had, you know, Trey and, I was really the only person I knew who was playing it
1: <laughs> there were there were other it, people I mean we had other people that we knew that were playing it like podcasters, but yeah, but it was really. some other podcasters
0: yeah. and, and um just after hearing about it so much for so many years, like it was great to finally feel like I got it, and maybe that was part of it too like I always had a secret aspiration to understand monster Hunter, and I kind of started to get it with. Rise, I mean, I played 80-plus hours, a lot of that multiplayer, and and I'm nowhere near done with what's already available, let alone what's going to come out next year. But I would like to get back into it. Um, when I looked at my Switch history for the year when they did the, the, the roundup a couple of weeks ago, this was my most played game, obviously, because it was in April when I played it. I waited a few weeks after Trey had purchased it and was talking about it on the podcast before I, you know, decided to buy it too. As a result, I actually ended up buying uh, Monster Hunter World on PS4 and on my <laughs> PC. I yeah. haven't played either one at all, but I've bought two other Monster Hunter games since this. Since this, and uh, yeah, I totally feel like I've been integrated into the world of Monster Hunter. And yeah, I wanted to buy, um, you know, as I said, I wanted to buy games I knew both of you didn't have that were going to be on my list to at least let you try them, you know, and I got a physical version. So if you hate them, you can sell them. Oh yeah. Trade them in or whatever. Good. Yeah. Good
2: thought on that. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. I'm going to, I'm diving into monster hunter. I've always had a curiosity about it. And I think I did try, try the demo and you say it doesn't demo well. I, so, I, yeah. I just I'm, don't I'm, think you can.
1: Yeah. I, I think it needs more than that demo to figure out what it is. looking
2: forward to, I've always been open to it. Like I remember, it came out on the on the Wii. What was the one called on the Wii? Try. Uh, there was three, uh, yeah. it,
1: it was three, but it was called Try or whatever. Yeah, because that one came out on, it came out on the Wii U and the 3DS. After mm-hmm. that, so there are three different versions of that one, which you could cross save through about, all
2: of them. I was excited about that one and wanted to get that one at the time. but That just kind of came and went. Um, I didn't get it for whatever reason. Um, then I tried it again on the 3DS at uh e3 i demoed it and it just i was overwhelmed by the menus Generations, like yeah generations yeah um and it's, just being really... there at the yeah. show i wanted to jump around and try other stuff but uh i had to play through it to get my 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 uh reward that they were offering which was those mario tennis pins sure um so i suffered through the menus and all that stuff but um it, it didn't leave me with a good impression, but I, I still, after all, all those non-starts for Monster Hunter, I still was like, God, I, I feel like I'm, I'm misunderstanding this game and I, I want to give it another try. So I'm looking forward to trying on this copy and I appreciate that you got me the copy. So hopefully this is it.
1: I don't think it's, I mean, it's not really that menu heavy. It's just a you just got to do the spinning plate stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. where you where you go and check on, they will be like, a lot of it's repetition. Like you'll go to the same spots in the town whenever you're done with each of the quests and you go check out like what's been going on with your characters that are doing other things, that type of thing. And you just want to do that to build up items to build, you know, to create potions and, and uh, equipment and, and uh, weapons and stuff like that. It's basically the loop of it. That's the gameplay loop. And it's addictive in that way because you just want to keep... Once you get to like the the weapon like tree or whatever it is, like just unlocking those new weapons. Like that had me going for a long time because it's just really cool to see. And then you think you have everything and then you get to another part and it's like, Oh wait, no, there's this mm-hmm. whole other half part that you haven't even seen yet. And there's way more weapons that you can get. I'm like, Oh, okay. And if you want to go crazy with it and try to get all the different ones, like you could play it for fucking thousands of hours. Like seriously, if mm-hmm. you wanted to, and this is only like, I put a hundred hours into just like the one gun that I was using. If I wanted to use like all 10 of the weapons or how many there are, play the game for fucking ever like really like if you want if you wanted to be one of those people you could do it so it's great i hope you i hope you uh get into it and all that stuff all right so my number one i'm sure everybody knows what this is actually you know what Mm -hmm. john kept saying like "Will you say like my number one is actually two games or this game is actually three games you know what this year my number one is two games I know it's not a, not legal, but it doesn't matter. It's not going to make it like the game of the show or anything like that. But this year, my number one game is the Shin Megami Tensei series, the franchise. Ooh. Because, Ooh. because much like what we were talking about getting into Monster Hunter, this year was the was the year that I got into Shin Megami Tensei. And I feel like, I you know, I was so excited about Shin Megami Tensei 5. Shin Megami Tensei 5 has been in development as long as the Switch has. It was unveiled... When the Switch was first unveiled, like it's been, they've been working on it for years. I always think it's a big deal to see a Shin Megami Tensei game, like exclusively on Nintendo, like they've been exclusively on Nintendo since the 3DS. Like, cause there was, cause the first Megami Tensei was on Famicom, and then like one and two were on, or the Shin Megami Tensei one and two were on Super Famicom. But then it moved to PlayStation for 3. 3 was PlayStation exclusive. But then it came back to 3DS for 4. And then there were so many Shin Megami Tensei games on 3DS. And now that it's on Twitch, I thought that was a big deal. And I put like 25 hours into Shin Megami Tensei 5. But I also put 45 hours into Shin Megami Tensei 3. And I feel like Shin Megami Tensei 3 was the game that brought me into the series. And that was like the HD version of the PlayStation 2 game. So I, I was like... You know, I, I wasn't gonna include it in there because it's like because it's a re release or whatever, but I really like that game. I like three a lot, I like five a lot, and I'm like, you know
0: what, Didn't fuck you it. Buy I'm the gonna put both of them edition? in there.
1: I did Didn't I bought, you buy
0: the special edition so you could play it earlier?
1: I did. I, I bought like the $80 uh, Was it that much? I don't remember But I, I, I bought the extra money uh, special edition version of Shin Megami Tensei 3 so I could play it early Because Atlas they fucking get me They stab me in that way where, <laughs> where they're like, oh, if you pay extra you get to play it like a week early And I'm like, I hate you, but I'll do it anyway Because I did the same thing with uh, Super Monkey Ball as well With Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania I paid extra so I could play it a week early it's just a mean thing to do to people, but I did it. But yeah, Shimagami Tensei three and five. I finally got into that world. I got to uh find demons, negotiate with demons, get them to join your team. It's very much like a much more hardcore Pokemon. It's all about like battle types, and you know, if you attack somebody with a battle type that they're weak against, you get another turn. Uh was it, press turn as they call it, and each character will get an extra turn if you do that. And if you miss a character, you lose two turns. Um, or if somebody blocks it, you lose a turn. Like, it's all about, like, being able to strategize the different types of controls. And you got to save like a motherfucker. Like, do it all the time. Because if you die, you die. Like, there's no, there's no like, uh, there's no auto-saves. There's no retries. There's no checkpoints. You go back to wherever you saved last. So, save as much as you can on this game. But... I just, I had a blast with it. I really enjoyed Shin Megami Tensei 3, and then I started playing Shin Megami Tensei 4, and I was playing Megami Tensei on the Famicom re-release translated on Mm -hmm. Super Nintendo, so I just fell into this world, and it's, that's definitely the one that I spent the most time on. And I think 5 looks amazing, and yes, uh, the main character's hair looks awesome. We've talked about that before. About it bouncing around and all that, and it's almost kind of like Shin Megami Tensei of the Wild because you have this big world, you get to run around, you finally get to see all the demons just walking around like in their scale, in their natural world, whatever. And no random battles—you can see where they are, you can attack them with your sword, so you'll have a so you'll have an advantage when you come into the fight and fight and all that stuff. And it's yeah, those are the games that I just really, really stuck with me, and I just love the crap out of them. I really love too. Also, it reminded it, it had a lot of Twin Peaks moments in it. Like, felt really creepy. Like, I don't know. I like the Persona without heart. I like it better. So, whatever. But that's my number one. I'm sure you predicted that that was going to happen. You know, I mean, I'm sure we all kind of knew what our number one games would be and all that yeah. stuff and I just want to say there were like a couple runners up that didn't make it into my list, but I didn't want to mention it. And no one in particular was dungeon encounters, which I thought was a really, really cool game. And I did think about getting it in my top 10 at some point. I just didn't feel like I spent enough time with it. And that's that like super dumbed down, uh, RPG. That's like, it's like the dogville of rpgs if you ever saw that movie with nicole kidman you know where there's like no Mm. where where they're they're like doing a play but there's no like no background background or whatever it's like the same thing where there's it's like a drawn map and you're walking around and you walk to a number that's a fight but the fight is complicated and all that i thought that that game was really cool because it did great like um just you know rpg stuff to the core and i thought quake was a really good port I mean, just to mention that. I mean, I already played Quake before, so I didn't want to put it on there. Not to mention all the Nintendo 64 expansion pack stuff was fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there are some games I wish I would have spent more time on, like Disco Elysium. That was one that came out that I barely played. Uh, Chicory, Pokemon Pearl, Act Actraiser Renaissance, and Monster Hunter Stories 2 were all games that I really liked. I just didn't get to play enough of. So, unfortunately, there wasn't that. And of course, like Eastward and Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that were on runners up. But I kind of already played Knights of the Old Republic, and whatnot. But let's let me read off. So here's our top four games for the show collective. So number one is my is a uh, not monster is Metroid Dread with twenty seven points because we all had it at number two. So that's nine points each. So mm-hmm. so our number one game of the podcast is Metroid Dread. Number two is Monster Hunter Rise with 18 points. Number three is Cruise and Blast with 12 points. And number four is Tetris Effect with 11 points. And aside from that, you know, every, whatever's tied for 10. But those are the ones that are definitive. Because mm-hmm. like Hitman 3 and Shin Megami Tensei will be tied and whatever else. But yeah, that's our top four. Metroid Dread, Monster Hunter Rise, Cruise and Blast, and Tetris Effect. So there you go.
0: Yeah, Metroid Dread, game of the year.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Just... nice. And uh, th- if for anybody who's still listening to this, I know it's a long episode. A lot of people go longer on their game of the year stuff, so I don't feel that bad about it. Aside for editing it all tomorrow.
0: I wanted to mention Islanders. I thought that was a great game
1: too. That was a great game. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was a real. It was a fun. And I think it's on sale for like. It's on sale for a couple bucks off or something like that. But it was. It was worth playing if you like building towns and stuff like that. Had a lot of cool shit in it. But, yeah, I think that's it for our episode 301, the official number one of 300. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you, for some reason, want to hear us talking more, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and you can hear our episode about video game ads, which I thought turned out really, really well. has a fun clip art thing, too, that I made, which I enjoyed making. Drop us a dollar, and uh, you can become a patron and listen to our stuff ahead of time and our bonus episodes and all that stuff. Look up EXP on your podcast machine once you put the Patreon code in there and you'll find all our extra stuff. Also, um, go to our youtube.com slash podcast, watch all of my recordings of all uh, KK Slider songs from Animal Crossing and all that stuff. Uh twitch.tv slash Main Podcast. You can still watch our live three hundredth episode on there. Um, plus like my plays of Super Mario of uh, Mario Party Superstars and golf and all other sorts of things that I streamed from there. I think Bravely Default 2 might still be on there from when I from when I streamed that um follow us on twitter at nintendo domain or jmaxstack. stack that's for myself and jeremy and uh that's that i believe uh and, and and go and check out nerd noise radio uh we'll listen to the recent episode that i'm on of the listener picks i thought it came out really good it's got a fun surprise thing at the end which is i think it's really fun to listen to so listen to that shit lots of great lots of great video game music on there and uh yeah that's been our episode 301 we've been your hosts i'm trey johnson
0: Jerry
2: Bukowski. John Nitter.
1: And uh, we'll see you next week in the next year in 2022.
2: (laughs) Bye.